Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joey Crundwell, here today with Ron Adik Production Kluinski. How are you doing, Ron? Deek. Deek. <laughs> and Paul, made available by viewers like you, Grosskopf. How are you doing, sir? Well, Joey, um, I've noticed that you still refuse to accept my godhood. Fine! <laughs> Keep your own god. In fact, this might be a good time to pray to him, for I beheld Satan as he fell from heaven like lightning! <laughs> the, fact that you have that, the fact that you have that committed to memory is the best. <laughs> In all fairness, it's pulled up on the... <laughs> oh, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will, though. That's amazing. I, I, I just to... realized, like, or not I didn't realize, but I'm like, you you quote that movie a lot more than I thought. <laughs> like, I did, I, there are so yeah. many things that you say that I didn't realize were from that movie because I haven't watched it in such a long time. Um, that movie, dear listeners, is Street Fighter, the movie from 1994, which is the centerpiece of our discussion today. So we'll get all into that later. I have some choice quotes as well, from mostly from, of course, Bison, but... Um, what an amazing film, and we're going to discuss it as as we do with all high cinema uh, in depth in this episode. But before we get there, of course, first and foremost, we should probably just jump right in and announce the winner of our Hitman 3 giveaway. So after the success of the Horizon Forbidden West giveaway, I had an extra copy of Hitman 3, and I was like, what am I going to do with this? And I was like, why don't we give it away? So we had a, this one was a little bit more of a contest. The other one was just a giveaway. You just had to write us an email and say, hey, what's up? Um, with this next one, because we were talking about video game vacations last week, we asked you to write in and share where you would want to spend, which fictional video game area location you would want to spend your vacation in. Uh, and then we sort of picked from those, like which ones we thought were maybe the most clever, the most fun, that kind of thing. So the winner of our Hitman 3 giveaway is... There we go. Jeff, who says he would love to swing by Night City and pick up a pair of cybernetic mantis blades to do some some kitchen some cooking some some, chi- col- some, some culinary slicing work. and dicing yeah. although i'm like do i believe him is he just saying that so that we don't narc on him jeff. is he going to kill people he might he might well, but you know i think jeff to prove that you're not a murderer you need to cook dinner for us so uh, yeah yeah yep so set up yeah. a time with your hot new mantis blades don't murder us that will convince us don't. that you're a murderer <laughs> that's yeah that's a that's a damning piece of evidence i like now i'm like is this a mistake should we pick it we're giving him hitman 3 a killing <gasps> simulator what are we doing oh no he's gonna have the blades he's gonna have the ways i think yeah. we just fucked ourselves to quote the the late Harvey Dent, you either live long enough to see your to, to die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a horrible mantis blade murderer. <laughs> I don't think that's how that quote goes, but I'll, I've seen I, that movie oh, a lot. Oh, we watched yeah. we just watched the Dark Knight. That's exactly uh, what, what what he said. And, and it was weird. I was like, what are mantis blades? It took me until Cyberpunk came out to go, oh, Oh, <laughs> oh that's yeah that's that's amazing they were referencing it so far in the past everyone was like that's the only thing about this movie that doesn't make sense it's a perfect movie otherwise but what the fuck are mantis blades <laughs> um but jeff your copy of hitman 3 and we can't provide the mantis blades but you know good luck with with those uh i'll ship that out soon so i'm gonna email you and get your address and then 
I'll ship it to you and hopefully you'll have it within the next week or two. So congrats to Jeff. Congrats, and Jeff. thanks. Yeah. And thanks to everyone for entering. Cause again, it's, you know, we're a little podcast, but we love giving things away because we're all relatively, you know, not, we, none of us make a lot of money. Basically. I don't want to say we're poor, but like we don't have a lot of money. So we understand gaming is an expensive hobby and getting free games is fucking cool. So congrats to everyone. Um, or not to everyone, sorry, just to Jeff. I gotta cut that part out. I gotta cut it out. <laughs> cut you um, out. Cut those made displays. Uh, but we did see. <laughs> we did also see the Batman, so we're gonna talk about that. We'll talk. I think we'll fit that between a couple of news things that I want to talk about, and then what we've been playing. Cause it's kind of what we've been watching. We all we've all seen it at this point. So we can talk a little bit about it and we'll probably go into a little bit of spoilers, vague spoilers. Um, but before we get there, we'll talk about uh, a couple of news items. Number one, Sony acquired Haven Studios. So Haven Studios is, was the um, studio founded just last year by Jade Raymond, who was previously producer and or director on series like The Sims, Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, Far Cry. And she ended up being a consultant for Google Stadia. That was like a big news item. Like Google Stadia was like getting all these industry veterans. Uh, Jade Raymond was one of the most notable among them. And then, of course, Google Stadia dissolved and fell apart. And uh, Jade Raymond left to create her own studio, Haven Studio. And um, she says that they named it Haven because... Or actually, Sony says this. Sony says Haven was named, quote-unquote, because its games will serve as havens for players a concept that extends to the team itself, which will champion transparency and mutual respect. That was with a, in an interview with GamesIndustry.biz. And it seems like, from my understanding, I've listened to some interviews on podcasts with Jade Raymond, that's the intent of the studio is to sort of push back against a lot of like the toxic management practices and stuff in the industry. So I don't know what they're going to come out with. I know it's going to be a multiplayer game, they've said, but... I'm I'm pretty excited. I know it's not like a big splashy Sony buys Capcom or anything like that, but I think this is pretty cool. Anyone have any thoughts about this? That's neat. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I mean they they really don't you know they don't have anything under their belt yet aside from you know talent. Um, so hopefully they do something good. It it's certainly it's it's an encouraging thing to see with a new studio that they're like being very upfront with like being committed to addressing some of these issues that we've talked a lot about on yeah. the podcast. So if they, if they really do follow through on that promise, I think that in and of itself is an awesome thing. It certainly makes me want to buy whatever they end up making more. So that, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. We probably won't see it for a long time, but, but I, I think also it shows such interest in Sony to buy a studio that's never produced anything. <laughs> yeah. They've been around for a year. They probably have shown them some stuff, but but it's it's Sony usually takes years to work with companies. Look how long it took them to buy Naughty Dog. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Naughty Dog been making games for them for over two decades, and they were like, "Yeah, I guess we'll, I guess we'll buy them." Mm -hmm. well, they've done a few games that we've heard <laughs> of. You know? Can you imagine so, Haven Studios' first game? They say all that, and it's like the guy game too. <laughs> I, I was gonna say it was gonna be video game CEO simulator. <laughs> yeah, and it should be called Jade Empire, like oh. the, the Bioware game, oh. and it's Jade creating a video game empire. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's like you said, just a simulation of her experience creating this company. Yeah, um, I would buy it. I'd probably buy it. 
There's like a but, har- harrowing Bobby Kotick prologue. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to say it was a male game uh, CEO uh, simulator. <laughs> but um, of course you would. I would. Yeah. Misogynist. Yeah. Um, I know. But speaking of misogyny, no, no, I'm just kidding. It's about, uh, it's about uh, ethics and games item. journalism. <laughs> uh, CD Projekt Red announced a new Witcher series. So it was confusing at first because they tweeted this thing and it just said like a new. It said, oh, I can't remember what the original tweet said. I don't have it written here, but it was just something like the a new epic story in the Witcher saga or something like that. And I was like, well, there's a Witcher TV show now and there are Witcher books. And I mean, it's coming from CD Projekt Red, so... Probably not the books, but like, what is it? Well, they clarified. They said, we're happy to announce that the next installment of the Witcher series of video games is currently in development, kicking off a new saga for the franchise. Uh, They called it a multi-year strategic partnership with Epic Games, although it's not exclusive to one platform. So it's a partnership, I think, more for the engine because they're switching from the Red Engine to the Unreal Engine, which is also very interesting. Uh, And they've said that it's going to be open world. That's... That's all they've said. So I know you're probably really excited, Paul. What do you what do you think about this? Not that we have a lot of information, but Yeah, well I've thought about this for a while, and I guess all I have to say right away is Woo! Woo! <laughs> yeah! Baby more Witcher. Everything is good. It's so you're not you're not that excited day. about it, is what you're saying. <laughs> it's a game. Yeah. At the okay. end of the day, games come out. You know, games go. Games come, games go. Uh, so wh- what do you hope this is, though? Oh, wow. Okay, so um, I would love... Well, okay, so it's interesting is we have one real image from it, and it's a cat school medallion in the snow. Right. And what's interesting about the cat school of Winter- witchers is that they're, they're sort of very um, despised and controversial in the world because at a certain point, they turned from just killing monsters to... Um, for hire to becoming like basically like assassins Hmm. and then sort of getting involved again with like politics and killing people and you know they they end up sort of forming this this really sort of bad reputation as a result so for me having a game that takes place sort of when that turn happens which would be before the events of the the main witcher trilogy would be awesome because I think that would set up a lot of really interesting choices for players and like um because it's that would be like sort of a a new chapter in like this world's history that we haven't really explored yet. I feel like they could do a lot of even though it's a like it would be a prequel, they could do a lot of things that wouldn't be so bound to whatever ends up happening in the later games. So that would that would be my dream and yeah more if it's anything like the witcher 3 you know great open world great writing you know uh awesome rpg elements romance options dialogue choices branching stories you know all, all that all that yeah. jazz i i would love it so they're so they are still witchers though right mm-hmm. and their their job is the same would you want it to be because this is kind of what i want as well I'm a little bit of a leading question would you want it to be like you're starting as an early career witcher where you're going through your training as like someone who's like in their teens kind of thing or would you want more of an established character like Geralt I think I would want like one or the other would be good because I think the benefit of it being a brand new witcher is maybe that lets you make more choices you know and and like kind of really create a character 
from the ground up and you have like yeah like those experiences of like being a younger witcher training like figuring things out entering the world but what's nice about it being an older character or a character like girl who's established in the world is like then maybe characters you meet have history with you or like you have like um again like a all the all these connections from years of witchering to the the world that like the quest can sort of be built off of as opposed to um like you know a situation like in in Skyrim where kind of like everyone you meet's a stranger and no one really knows who you are so like yeah i i think there there are definitely benefits to um either of those approaches but um, yeah, I don't know. When it comes to CD Projekt Red doing Witcher stuff, I'm like, whatever they think is the right way to do it, um, I would I would be so down for. I would assume this is probably going to be like a reboot, right? Like, it's probably not going to be a direct sequel. No, they they said they're done with the, like, yeah, like the Geralt stuff okay. and everything, which I, which I think is, is fair. And, like, it'll, I think the the world is, is rich enough that they would benefit kind of like um knights of the old republic they would benefit from like like really taking us away from like the the witcher stories we've been accustomed to do, over the do last you think they could years. do it in a way to where like it's almost like a mass effect where like you get to create your own care your own witcher that's already enriched in a story sort of thing yeah like, where you're just already like you just you just the character's like already Story's already made, but you just get to create your own character and create your own Witcher sort of thing. Sort of like the cyberpunk, like making your own bee and all that stuff. Like yeah. making your I, own Witcher. I would love that. And well, and two, do you think that they could maybe use an even more developed version of like the life paths that they brought into cyberpunk? Yeah. So like yeah. your character would still have, again, like these specific connections to the world, but you'd have a few different options and like you can maybe like, like in Mass Effect, you can mix and match and really kind of create something special and do you think because it'll be in the unreal engine it'll be way less broken <laughs> yeah, at least in the at least in the start way less broken yeah right Ho- hopefully i i would hope so that that's interesting and i wonder yeah i do wonder what that means for like like development like how long we're going to be waiting or like i don't know I, or like what they're going to do yeah. i'm assuming they're probably just doing unreal just because they don't want to have to rebuild like the, the engine that they probably already have is probably not optimized enough for you know current gen systems now right. uh whereas unreal is like pretty much update plus it already has things in it that they could just pull from you know resource the assets, assets. Yeah. yes that's the word i'm looking for to where they can just bring all that stuff in. They don't have to like redo everything from scratch and then make the game come out, you know, in a more quicker fashion. Than, it's um, know, it's a Witcher punk. game that only uses assets from the new Matrix demo. <laughs> now see, if they, if they use that stuff and like all that procedurally generated stuff, that game is going to look fucking sweet. Uh, <laughs> they all ride on top of cars and wear leather jackets. <laughs> I would, I would play that Witcher, <laughs> but but they don't act. So it's supposed to still be in the Witcher universe. So they act like they're horses. So the cars just like gallop <laughs> and make horse sounds and stuff. That would be so fucking. That would be great. Terrible. I'd love it. I'd love it so much. But I do, I do wonder. Like, I hope CD Projekt Red has learned the Nintendo or the like Rockstar and Nintendo lesson of don't hype things too early. I understand they, they need to get good news out there, good press out there because CD because cyberpunk, you know, had, had, it t- took it, took its licks when it came out. 
um, rightfully so in some ways, but they, you know, before Cyberpunk came out, they were known as like one of the premier studios, this huge prestigious studio. And then that, I feel like, dropped their reputation quite a bit. So they need to get good news out there, but don't feed, don't drip feed us the same kind of hype that you did with Cyberpunk, because I think that was probably part of the reason that people were so disappointed, because they had so many expectations going in. I would love for, as you said, Ron, maybe like a Mass Effect thing where the first game is you're a young witcher and you create a character, and then it's like Mass Effect in the sense that you make these decisions, but the second game is like, 10 20 years in the future 40 years in the future maybe and you're more of an established and there's some returning characters and then the last one is like end of life like you're you're not not like aged you know what i mean but like you're an elder witcher and you get to really see the implications of all those choices that you made and i understand that's super complicated paul and i talked about that a lot when we talked about mass effect where you have to write with all of these things in mind that people may never I mean, you know, if they choose something in the first game, that character based on their choice is never going to encounter, you know, this other character again. But you have to write it for the people who made that choice, made the other choice in games two and three. So you're doing a bunch of extra work just for people to have options. But like we talked about with Cyberpunk, CD Projekt Red does that already. Like they write side quests that are amazing and detailed and in-depth and engrossing. And they're completely optional. The game doesn't even like hint at them at all. So I think they could do it. I think it would be we've we've not seen companies, you know, developers really try that Mass Effect formula since then in a big way. And I think that would be a cool way to do it. Yeah. And um, there is already a ton of like, like they didn't do, I think, a full trilogy worth of this. But between The Witcher 2 and The Witcher 3, they did that where they transferred your choices. And like it was a ton of choices that really affected the game. So yeah. So they, yeah, I would love that. Um, ma- yeah, <laughs> ma- Witcher plus Mass Effect equals you know Paul can die now. Like things are yeah. things are good. This is... well because literally The Witcher Three <laughs> is your favorite game of all time, right? Yes. Yeah. But Mass Effect is your favorite series of all yes. time, right? So like beautiful marriage. Oh, delicious! Cho- my chocolate <laughs> and peanut butter. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So let's talk about what we've been playing. But before that, again, let's talk about the Batman since we've all seen it. So I'm going to put a spoiler tag up for the Batman. Again, we're not going to talk specific story stuff, but vaguely plot related, tone related, all that kind of stuff. So if you haven't seen the Batman yet and you want to see it, go ahead and check the timestamps in the show notes and we will we'll we'll get there. But we went out. So I I so I mentioned last week that we were having sort of a pixels gathering type thing without me. Um without you would you have come now that i think about it we didn't even invite you but would you have driven out to iowa no because you didn't for invite a weekend? me would you have though <laughs> no i probably wouldn't. i probably wouldn't be able to make it okay anyway, so. that that's yeah i think that's why i didn't even think you just assumed ask, that i was a dick i just assumed so. i was like ron's a fucking asshole so um no so it, it was a whole thing did we don't have to get into the backstory of it but um paul paul drove from um nebraska nebraska right yep nebraska yeah i was like for some reason omaha because of the omaha um, alamo draft house that we were thinking yeah. about going to but you drove from nebraska to iowa i drove from illinois to iowa we met up at tab's place and we watched we did a batman marathon we watched all the batman movies from tim burton all the way up to batman and robin wait you didn't watch uh, the 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 60s batman movie no no you call yourself no. batman fans we didn't watch mask of the phantasm 
Yeah. So Sub-Zero. just get all your hate out there. Like the Sub Zero one with Mister Freeze. Sub Zero. You watch Gotham Knight. Yeah. You watch. Uh, what is that one? Samurai Batman. Batman yeah. Samurai something. I don't know. A, anyway. lot of, a lot of ones yes. we didn't watch. Anyway, but, you're not Batman fans. Let's um, go on. But not Batman fans. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't we watch, watch all, all like those. the porn parodies of Batman either. Unfortunately, <laughs> I had them. I brought them. I was like, just in case someone jokingly brings it up. I'm like, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Um, so we wa- we did a marathon, and then we went and saw the Batman movie, and so we've all seen it. It was a it was a good trip. I will say though, before we get into the movie, I almost shit my pants on the way back. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like I've met so many people in my life that, that is have a not where I expected that <laughs> sentence to go. <laughs> but I haven't I haven't mentioned this to anyone. I feel like I gotta I gotta get it out. Like I almost got it out in the car. But I I I feel like I know enough people that have a oops I shit my pants story <laughs> and I've seen them on TikTok. So I feel like it's a thing. And I've at some point I was like, I just have to get over that i'm gonna it's gonna be me i'm it's gonna happen to me i think none of these people that told me (laughs) these stories ever expected that they would shit their pants but it just fucking happened for whatever reason so i've kind of come to terms with the fact that someday i will be among those people that have shit their pants and so on the drive home that was almost me because it's only a six hour drive but i left at 9 30 p.m thinking you know I'm, i'm up late anyways normally and the roads will be clear and all that and about two hours in i was like i kind of gotta pee but the thing is, I'm I get like social anxiety a little bit even around friends. So I didn't poop a lot this past weekend. That past weekend, you know what I'm saying? I was holding a lot in, pooped a little bit, but like there was a lot in there. <laughs> and so I had to go pee a little bit. And it's like 11:30 p.m. and I'm driving, and I I'm like, well, you know, I should the first gas station I see, I'll stop at. And I made the mistake. Listeners, tell me if you can relate. I farted. <laughs> and when you fart and you have to pee really bad, your body does something where it's like two things. Number one, it gets rid of gas inside of you. And so it puts more pressure in your bladder. So suddenly I went from I kind of have to pee to holy fuck, I have to pee so bad. And also it reminds you, it reminds your body that there's poop in there that needs to come out. So suddenly I went from I got to pee a little bit to holy shit, I got to pee. And I also really, really got to gotta take a take a take a do and it's not i knew just I, at that point in time knew it wasn't like gonna be a solid healthy duker either it was gonna be splash mountain you know what i mean i could just fucking tell so i'm like oh fuck shit okay well it's fine just calm down take some deep breaths first exit i saw there was a gas station so i'm like great so i pull off it's closed because i'm in the middle of nowhere iowa so i like pulled in and everything and i like sat there looking at it lights off and everything and i'm like god damn it and i was like what's fine though you know what you you should have expected this just get back on the road and go so i get back on the highway and i go and then another one pops up and i feel very lucky with this one because it says 24 hours this is open 24 hours i'm like amazing great so i pull off and i i turn on and by this point i'm like squirming a little bit and like my leg my left leg is like pressed hard against the the baseboard because i'm like you know and i i turn and it says gas station 0.4 miles and i i'm pulling up and all the lights are on and everything so i'm like oh, hallelujah <laughs> and i pull in and there's no cars there which is a little suspicious it was fucking closed the gas no! pumps were open 
the gas pumps were open 24 hours, not the store. No. That closed at 11 p.m. <gasps> and it was like 11.40 or 11.45 at that point. So I drove behind the gas station and I had this little bottle of water, a little like 17 ounce bottle of water, and I dumped it out the window and I was like, I got to do it. I've never peed in a bottle before because I'm so worried that it's going to slip or something and it just piss everywhere. So I've never done it, but I was like, I'm so desperate. I'm, I'm, in, I'm so uncomfortable. And so I like pulled it out and everything. I almost, I was gonna... And then I'm like, no, I can't. Because if I start peeing, my body's going to be like, it's go time. Let's get everything out there. And I'm like, and so my body was already starting to do that. Like I felt it, you know, like, I don't know if you guys have this, but when I get closer to a toilet, when I really have to go, my body is like preparing. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's moving everything down. So I was so already close at that point. And so I had to literally like, I, I put the bottle aside and I like, took some really deep breaths and i'm like okay just don't think about it you know what i was like you know there's that whole thing where like if you think about something sexual your body will like get confused and like let me just tell you it doesn't fucking work when your body is like red alarm about to shit everywhere it does not fucking work i was trying everything i was like talking out loud i was like yeah and then she's gonna do this nope nope so I gather myself, I get back on the highway, I'm looking and I'm like, I just need to find something that's like recognizable that I know is open 24 hours, like a Casey's or a Love's or something like that. And I, I went, I passed another exit because it didn't have any gas and I get to the next one and it said that there were like, you know, I think one gas station, but there were several food places and I was like, all right, this seems like a more populated space. So I pull off and I, I go to the gas station closed and at that point, I was like, I think I should probably just do it. I should probably just find a bush. And like, this is a, pr- a pretty populated area. I might get arrested, but I think the cop would understand. Once he smelled, once he gets a whiff, he's going to be like, actually, just go ahead. I don't want you in my car. But then I'm like, what the fuck am I going to wipe with? I don't know. So I, I'm almost on the verge of tears because I'm so uncomfortable. And it's been almost an hour at that point. Oh my God. And so I, I look at the GPS and the GPS is like, make a right out of here and go away from the interstate to find another street to turn right on to go down to a local highway to make it back to the interstate. And I'm like, why the fuck would I do that GPS? Why don't I just make it left and go back to the interstate? But I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll pass some of those food places that I saw and like, it'll be like a McDonald's or a Taco Bell. So I I go, right. It's all local places. No (laughs) fucking, no white castles, no anything. Um, and so I, I'm at that point, I can't even describe the feeling of my butthole quivering. It was so, <laughs> it was so close. I was like, this is going to happen. I was like, even if I don't fully shit myself, some of it's going to come out. And so I get to the local highway and just as I'm getting ready to get on the on-ramp, there's a gas station there and it's open. And I went in and I got super lucky though, because there were only two stalls. One of them was occupied. I get in there and sit down. As soon as I sit down, someone comes in, sees that they're occupied, and leaves. So I would have had to sit on some guy's lap. Someone else (laughs) shit their pants that night, Joey. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You caused someone else to do that deed. Do you have have poop survivor's guilt now, Joey? Someone else shat themselves to death while you lived? (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm just grateful to be alive. Um... I wonder about the guy in the next stall, though. I Someone should have checked. I should have checked. I should have just knocked on the door gently afterward and been like, 
you okay now? Because like, <laughs> that was pretty disturbing. So the um, Batman. So the Batman <laughs> was not was not shitty. Hmm? Uh? Hmm? Segway connected to um, Ron. We haven't heard your thoughts. Yeah. What, what did you think of it? Oh, I hated it. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. no I, I I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It it might might. Might be one of my favorite. Might be my favorite Batman movie. Your favorite? Ooh, I think so. Shit. More I, than Batman Forever. You can think yes, about you it. You have Ron. to think about you it. Can, yeah. You can think about it if you want. It's a hard choice. I know. Yeah, I Michael think so. Kidman. Bane. I think so. Okay. Bane wasn't in yeah. that one. Bane's in. No, yeah, that's right. I, I, I know. I keep don't, I keep mixing those two. Yeah. Don't conflate them. The Riddler's um, bedazzled leotard. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. You were like between those two Riddler performances. <gasps> yeah. Paul Dano so, okay, okay, speaking of the, the Riddler performances. So, like, that was one thing that I didn't like at first was how, like, his character, like, kind of was portrayed a little bit. And then I started, as it was going on and on and on more, I started thinking about, like, actual fucking like psychopaths and stuff like that uh-huh. like you know the guy from the the bjork um the bjork stalker i don't know if you guys are familiar with the bjork stalker uh but yeah. i've watched that guy's I've videos video. and uh yeah they're really unhinged just like super unsettling that riddler character so i started thinking about it more i'm like okay no that's probably i felt like it was a little over the top but then yeah i started thinking about it, like no it's not really that over the top that's how some of those people actually are so uh but yeah, it was I I came out of it like really enjoying it. Like there's a lot of things in it that were really fucking cool. Um yeah. I felt the same way about the Riddler at first. I was like he's he's selling it, he's pushing it a little bit too much, but one of my favorite things about the movie and this is a little bit more of a specific spoiler. Um so Double skip if you want to, if you don't want, if you want to skip specific <laughs> this stuff. This is but the spoiler I section don't know, within the spoiler section. Within the, yes, yeah, super spoiler section. <laughs> um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk around this though, but like at the end, after the Riddler's been caught, the Riddler, one of the delusions that the Riddler has is not just that he wants to reshape the city and blah, blah, blah. He literally thought that Batman was on his side. Yeah. And that performance, when Paul Dano sells that, yeah. I'm like, yeah. it was convincing. And I, I love that because this movie in part is about, and this has been explored in Batman media before, but it's in part about Batman's question to himself of, am I helping or am I making things worse? Mm -hmm. And he gets to see in both the Riddler's thugs when he pulls the mask off and the guy says, I'm vengeance. And he's like, oh shit, that's my line. What the fuck? Why is this guy saying my line? And the same thing with the Riddler. The Riddler is like, thanks, man. Thanks. We were in this together. And like, Batman has to face them like go out of this movie. Batman has some realizations and some character growth, but that's something that he still has to deal with coming, you know, into the next movie. If they do another one, well, is, they, they signed on, you deal he signed on for three. I know that much. Good. Oh, did he? That's, yes, awesome. that's what, that's what wow. I heard. That they signed on for three, three movies. So the Batman new moon, <laughs> the Batman eclipse. <laughs> breaking, breaking. Just, uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Dawn. Part one and two. <laughs> Batman gives birth to a vampire baby. <laughs> That's very realistic looking. No. Um, Bad boy. But Paul, Paul, <laughs> what did you think of it, Paul? I loved it. I, yeah, I thought it was awesome. Um, 
Yeah, look of it was super cool. Love that they went with the Riddler, um, and I thought their Riddler was really cool. I also have a thing about people. I'm really afraid of people in dark rooms being there and watching me for long periods of time and me not knowing they're there. So I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, someone needs to stop this man going out into people's rooms and looking at him yeah, for long periods of time. Um, but the murder, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, right. But the watching... Ooh. Right, and I love that they he really like shot it like a horror movie, and I loved um like what they did with like 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 all those scenes that are like absolutely like, pitch black. Like one thing we talked about right after Joey that amazing sequence, and again spoilers, but it's really cool. So if I tell you about it, you'll be more inclined to see the movie. There's a yeah, scene where yeah. Batman Batman's fighting somebody in a hallway, and it's oh, only the, lit the with like a gun. Yeah, yeah and I was like, that is so was- good. My favorite scene in the entire movie was just the way it was yeah. shot, the way it sounded, like everything about it was just like so awesome. So fucking cool. And like, I, yeah, the Batmobile reveal I thought was awesome. And like, I loved, I loved Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman. I thought she was super cool and sexy. And Every, yeah. everybody did a great job in the movie. I think yeah. everybody was like, everybody fit their character like very well. Um, yeah, for sure. Freaking Colin Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> didn't I totally I knew like probably like 2 years ago when they cast him, I was like, "Oh shit, he's going to be the penguin. That's going to be interesting." Then I fucking forgot all about it. And then like halfway through the movie, I was like, "Who wait, who the fuck is this?" I it was into, not until the movie ended and I looked it up that I was like, "Holy shit. He really gets lost in that." Yeah. You know, well, mannerisms and, and everything. Well, in this movie, it's talked about as being incredibly grim and dark, and it is. But that scene when they actually catch the penguin is yeah. so funny. Like and like the whole and again, spoilers, the whole thing is that they're like wrong and they like made yeah. a really obvious mistake. Yeah, they <laughs> look so the, dumb. And yeah. the penguin of all people, the penguin who's like one of the kind of dopiest, usually not bumbling, but he's he's not the most cunning and the the strongest of Batman villains. He's often played to be a little kind of foolish is the one being like, you fucking dopes. How the, f- n- neither one of you took basic Spanish. Like. Right. Right. And, and, and it is coming off the heels of like this incredibly badass, you know, chase scene and Batman's so cool. And he got some, oh, and that, yeah, all that, that car flip too. With yeah. the yeah. Like that's, that scene was like fucking awesome as well. Awesome. There's practical effects too. So it had that that thing. It's like a super minor thing in movies, but when the car lands after it jumps and the way that the car like shifts, you know, oh man, I love that. I love seeing that. I'm not like a big like car guy, but in those type of stunt scenes, I love seeing cars land and like the fucking the the the, the, the everything is the system's fucked, but like it looks really cool. But I just thought of something when you said, Paul, the, the, the thing about the Riddler watching. So much of this movie is about the comparison or like the uh, Riddler sort of being a foil for Batman and the question of like, well, what makes them different? They're both working toward the same goal. They're just doing it differently. Yeah. And in some ways, Batman arguably is like enabling or inspiring these people. Think about that scene, that opening scene. When the movie first started, did you know that it was the Riddler, or did you think it might be Batman? Oh, I, I, his silhouette, I, I knew he was the Riddler. Just be, or you, do you mean like when we're watching from his POV? Yeah, his POV, and you oh! just hear him breathing. Oh, yeah. No, I guess. Yeah, I didn't know. It could have been either. Yeah. Yeah, you just see someone looking through a window, and we're so used to Batman being the one who's like stalking people, 
and we see someone like, and eventually you hear the heavy breathing and you're like, okay, that's, that's probably the Riddler or some bad guy. But then later, guess what? We see Batman do the same thing to Catwoman. Yeah. Watching her through the window, mm-hmm. breathing heavy. Like, mm, I breathing feel like heavy. again, yeah. you know, well, I this, don't have to keep watching. Show me your cats. <laughs> well, and this Batman is so pain. And I love this performance writing choice, whatever. He's so painfully awkward, like Bruce Wayne and oh, yeah. Batman. And it's like that we were making fun of that, that scene where he has Catwoman and the, or Selena in the, the nightclub and she needs to get like photo evidence and video evidence. So she's like using like the little contact cameras. Um, she, he's like, just stare at him. We need, you need to t- talk to him wherever. <laughs> and we were joking that he built all of his like surveillance technology based on his like um, body his language. <laughs> so just like, <laughs> you, need, you need to brood a little bit more you need brooding brooding yes. stop smiling <laughs> um that is one my only real complaint i think about the movie is that they don't like bruce wayne and batman and again something that's been explored in many batman um comics and movies and everything is like batman is is his true personality his true persona um and bruce wayne is the mask they didn't even really explore that. They mentioned it and they say like, this is your, this is you like the Batman. Um, but we don't get, we don't get a dynamically different Bruce Wayne. It's like only, we do in it's only year two. It's only year two. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I hope that they, they I, I kind of like the fact that like they didn't just like turn him into like lavish, you know, playboy billionaire, like immediately, like he's just a dumb fucking kid still, you know, trying to figure out what he's doing with his life sort of speaking of a dumb fucking kid when he steps out from the police station and he's terrified of the fuck of heights i was like yeah. what but it was so funny he's like oh shit. yeah it's so good <laughs> it was so good oh. and then he's like no i got this i got this fucking wingsuit <laughs> fucking crashes well you gotta yeah. think that they, that's probably the first time he's had to actually use it like yeah. he's probably yeah. like i got i got this just in case and then it's just like okay now i actually have to now I actually have to do it. And then he fucking slams into the fucking bridge. That was <laughs> yeah. so good. Oh. They should have just had him turn around and be like, yeah, actually, you know, we can go back downstairs. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting too. Cause yeah, I, I, I also appreciated how much they were stressing, like, Oh, he's figuring things out. He's new at this or whatever. But one thing they did that is kind of in contrast to that, but I thought was amazing is like, there was a supreme confidence in like, we are going to assume you know who Batman is. We are going to assume that Batman knows, you know, Gordon and they have a relationship and we're just going to start the movie and we're not going to do like a 30 minute. Well, this is how Batman decided he was going to be Batman. And here's how he met commissioner Gordon. Like we don't need another retelling of that in a way that like, I think it's tempting when you do like a hard sort of reboot or, or sort of another take on Batman. So many directors like we saw, feel the need in some way to like sort of reestablish all those origin things as if people are like, who's this bat fellow? You know, yeah, so they right. didn't do that at all. No, they, they yeah, just go sure. right into it and just like, all right, here you go. You take it and go with it. Like sort of thing. And honestly, yeah. it didn't feel like it was three hours. No, it, it didn't. did not. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was nice. Sure. Yeah. Especially the second time, the second time it started getting toward the end and I was like, Oh fuck, it's almost over. Like, didn't didn't even realize but but yeah any any other thoughts again i i loved it as well as a batman fan it's not my i still prefer the nolan trilogy but i think part of that is just personal preference and 
my I, again i love christian bale as batman i think i love michael kane so many great actors in that um so i think that will forever probably hold a special place but but yeah i think it's it's up there and it's super well made the soundtrack yeah it was that was really good like the sound design and it's amazing as well too like everything about it and the sets were really cool like it looked like batman via david fincher in seven or something like it just the whole look of it was awesome super yeah and i will also say they have it back in the alamo draft house this saturday so me and jacqueline are gonna go see it awesome yeah (laughs) yeah that's where we wanted to go see it and they weren't they were showing twilight instead (laughs) they seriously were (laughs) Uh, on a saturday and we were like is that are you trolling and not even twilight like the first twilight like eclipse like a middle entry in the the, the saga what the fuck (laughs) like it almost again it feels like trolling like they were like wouldn't it be funny instead of showing the batman on a saturday when everyone's going what if we showed the other batman movie where robert pattinson's a vampire (laughs) that would be great that i i wouldn't put past the alamo draft house to do something like that yeah yeah sons of bitches but um (laughs) but i'm glad you're gonna get to see it there because Although I was so surprised when we went there because you were talking it up so much and you were like, oh, it's so great. And I was so excited because I've always wanted to go to one for literally for like 20 years. Um, and then you were like, I've only been there once. But you know, full disclosure, I've only. <laughs> I've only been there once, but that one time was so great yeah. that I just, yeah, I've romanticized it in my head and love it so yeah. much. Well, now I've been there twice, so I'll have double yeah. the the praise to you know, vomit <laughs> on it. <laughs> Well, what what have we been what have you been playing, Paul? What you what you been up to? You still been playing Halo? Uh, I <laughs> I popped into Halo, saw the weekly reward, and went. You know what? I'll play Cyberpunk. <laughs> I think this is the first week we haven't played Halo. Yeah, Ron, have you played? It? I I jumped in for like a game or two, just just for. I'm still trying to optimize my settings and still having issues with that. So, and but then yeah, like with the the new weekly, I'm like. I don't give a shit about this fucking thing that they've offered like eight times already. Yeah. Like, I didn't get it the first time. I'm not going to get it this time. Don't worry. There have been cool other, like other way cooler, you know, weekly rewards that they could recycle instead of this one. I don't, I, because it's multiple yeah. times, you know, we've gotten this. I, I don't see why yeah. they don't, or just throw up like a random skin, like, you know, random yeah. colorways here or there. Like you don't have to offer the same fucking vehicle in a moment. That no one gives a shit about. I'm really curious to see like how the numbers drop off week to week when stuff like that happens. Like when it's this, when it's a repeat one, yeah. do yeah. their numbers like, you know, bottom out or is it kind of stay the same? I would imagine it probably bottoms out. Like yeah. when I mean, cause it is, it is fun to play. Like I love yeah. playing with you guys, yeah. but part of it is working. Like when they have events, I want to get that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't need it, but like it gives me something, it gives purpose to my play. I already have that thing that they offered. So I'm like, I have that. I'm level 100 for the battle pass. It, I would literally just be playing for fun, which again, it is very fun. I would literally just be playing this video game for fun, and who fuck Ooh. wants that? I, I I acknowledge that that again, yes, that does sound silly, but we've been playing it for months now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at some point, I'm gonna privilege another game like I am over over that. If you're not offering me anything to like work for, you know. So yeah, so I I took that approach, Joey, and played Cyberpunk instead. And now, yeah. um, yeah, I am like I think right before the end game, so I am just finishing up side quests and 
Yeah, they've been amazing. And um, I've been doing some like Johnny Silverhand specific side quests that have been great. And yeah, this game rules. I'm having a, a great time. So yeah, that's that's been awesome. Awesome. You think you're pretty close to the end? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And I, I'll have more to say once I get to the end, but yeah, it's such a cool game. Like, I, I just think it's so, so awesome. And yeah, gosh, I also just want there to be like DLC and other things so badly because as I get to the end, I'm like savoring each bit more and more because I, I, there's no new game plus. So, and I don't want to do like a clean new game right away because it, it's been such a journey getting my character to where you know she is now so like yeah oh yeah i'm, I'm hoping for for more content because i'm yeah i'm just loving it so much well don't more. worry you have elden ring to go to right after this well but so, i have to wait till june, june. Yeah. you know wait, um, june when, when, why when it really comes out uh, right, right. Wait, wait hold on what <laughs> because because elden ring has been delayed yes. luckily because mm-hmm. paul couldn't play it right away so it doesn't come out until June. Yep. It's wink, it was fortunate wink. because you know when we were talking right before it was supposed to come out I said, "Oh boy, if Elden Ring was out at the exact same time, that would be impossible for me psych- psychologically yeah. to to bear." But fortunately, just as I was forced to face <laughs> that difficult decision, from software announced that they weren't yes, releasing I, the game until yes, June. Yes, I yeah. do I do remember that vague conversation now. <laughs> yes. I think they mentioned me too. They said, "Paul, yeah. don't worry. Take your time. We're gonna make Elden Ring even better over the next couple weeks." We June is you. so far away, though. <laughs> it's weird that they would push it back that far. They they said <laughs> it might be ready the second I finish Cyberpunk. They <laughs> oh, okay. They they weren't sure, but they said like it's supposed to be out in June. But yeah. for you, Paul, booby baby, we'll get you. <laughs> we'll get you a copy as soon as you're ready for it. And I said, "Thank you." Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I I technically played Elden Ring this week. I I should say a, an advanced copy, of course, since oh, it's not yeah. out until June. Um, but one of my students brought in a Steam Deck and was like, oh. "Do you want to try it?" Yeah, so played. Didn't really do anything. Just ran around a little bit, but it looked surprisingly good and ran surprisingly well on a Steam Deck. How does it feel? I was super impressed. How does that it feels Steam pretty Deck? good. It's very wide, and so it feels a little awkward, and I don't know if I could imagine playing it for like three or four hours if the battery would last that long, but I also think I'd probably get used to it, or I would like prop it on my leg or the table or something, so, uh, but it's ergonomically, it's very comfortable. Mm. Lots of buttons um, that are low profile, so you don't even know they're there, but they're there if you want to use them, so, so yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Ron, what have you? What have you been playing? No not, Halo. Not much of anything. I, I I dipped into Halo a little bit. I opened up Cyberpunk just to see how it looks. Walked around the city a little bit. Looks really nice. Uh, I didn't hop in any cars or anything to test the driving, but yeah, it looks good. So I'll probably have them back eventually, hopefully soon ish. Yeah, I did that with Grand Theft Auto Five. I downloaded it. Um, Grand Theft Auto Five Online is now available. So for for the next gen system, so downloaded it popped in and didn't do anything but i was like look it's cool i won a car from the podium oh you did show you guys how it's done oh yeah no, you, i didn't actually yeah i know you never do i just <laughs> i won a couple times mm-hmm. um but i even just popping in though i'm like i can't fucking wait 
to like do heist with you guys. I'm I'm so ready. So oh, yeah, Paul, you guys are ready Paul can get in. it now because it's free. He doesn't oh, even have to buy yeah. the game. I, I downloaded like, it. Yeah. Yeah. See, so we all have it. Tab's yeah. excited. So all right, sweet. Now we yeah. just got to get Paul leveled up so he can actually do the heist because I think yeah. got to be a specific level to do them. So and and he's gonna want money too. Like when he sees the Batmobile in the game, I feel like he's gonna. He's I, driving you, across drive rooftops. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel! That was one of the first things. <laughs> I do that all the time. I do that all the time with the Batmobile. Now we just you, we need to get Gary a PS5 now too. Yeah, we, we we'll try. We'll try. He doesn't seem super super enthused. Not he, I think he's enthused. He's just not he's not trying very hard. But <laughs> I'm gonna tell him that on Sunday. Tell him he said that because he doesn't listen yeah. to the podcast. He never listens to this podcast. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> What a dummy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's going to listen to this episode. He's going to be like, you know, I love Street Fighter, the movie. I'm going to listen to this episode. I love you, Gary. I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> I have been playing kind of a, a little bit of a lot of things. So that game, Find Love and Die Trying, that I played for our indie um, dating sim mm-hmm. episode, I finished that. And again, I, my, my thoughts haven't really changed. That story is very wild. Lots of twists and turns. Um, very charming. It's an indie game, you know, so it's, it's not, the production values aren't exactly high, but I thought it was really cute and charming and fun. I'm still playing Persona Q. I'm about halfway through it. I finished the second dungeon. Still great. I, I started Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, which just came out. It's that fighting game. And I was so happy because the first chapter is all story and like dialogue and exposition, which was like, surprising a lot of fighting games are like jump right into the fighting but the persona games so so far now there's been a persona dancing game the persona um, musu games or game singular uh the persona dungeon crawlers persona q series and then the fighting games and so far all of these offshoots still focus on the story and character which is what persona fans love i think i i do and so i don't necessarily want just a dungeon crawler or a Mushu game or a dancing game with these characters slapped in there. I want the the focus to still be on the same kind of like writing and voice acting and stuff. And so far it is. So I haven't played much of it, but I'm super excited to play more. And then Tav and I returned to Minecraft and we're like kind of getting obsessed with Minecraft again. Um, the Where we started our village. So we started this last year i think maybe 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 two years ago but we started like two years ago i don't think i had a PS. I don't know if ps5 was out yet when we started yeah but i thought it was early in the pandemic but either way we that, started a, that was two years ago a realm server fuck my fuck. <laughs> yeah it was so yeah two years ago so uh and we started a realm server and our village was like in a very basic normal kind of biome um and we were like we wanted to go to the jungle we hadn't experienced the jungle yet and we found it but it's super far away and so we made a path but it like took like 15 minutes to get out there so we spent the last few days making a rail system that goes all the way from the village out there it took so that's why i had to steal some of your iron rod because mm-hmm. we had to make so much track i i used all of my iron and all of my gold like i've we've been we played that thing for months like hundreds of hours and i had tons of it and i'm like what the fuck am i gonna use it for it's all gone now <laughs> but we made it. it it takes about five and a half minutes to from right with uh, by rail powered rail 
to make it from our village to the jungle. But it's just, I don't know, something about Minecraft. I do wish that they would come out with an upgraded version for the new systems because I want draw distance. You know, I want there, I want to be able to see beyond. I'm surprised that they know. haven't enabled the ray tracing stuff on it. Like there's the option. It's there, but it's yeah, grayed out. It's there. It's grayed out. Yeah. That's so sucks. <laughs> And I don't think they have any plans. I was looking it up, and I don't. I haven't seen any. Uh, they haven't. They haven't said Microsoft anything about or, it since like yeah. they released like the the newer version of the ray trace. They're like, oh, it'll be soon, and then that was like it. Twenty eighteen. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm super into that now. But so I, I haven't fully. Persona Four is the next game I want to jump into, and then Chrono Cross. So I haven't like dove deep on anything. I think Minecraft is just going to be like a casual like pop in and and you know, do some projects and then pop out kind of thing. So, so that's fun. Is it cross play um, with the PC version? I think it is as long as you're, you're on the same version. So if you're doing bedrock version on the PC, then I think you can play. I'm pretty sure. Cause I could probably, you, you, I could probably, it? I could probably enable like the draw distance and ray tracing stuff on, on that version. Yeah. And then play better version. Could get more iron for me. Thank you. My giant fucking quarry. <laughs> you probably have more iron than I found. I just was, I went to a chest that was like right inside your front door and you had some. So I was like, but you have a, an extensive cavern below your house. So, you know, you I, I actually, I, I do have some secret chests, but honestly, I think when I was doing that, I'm like, man, I'm really not getting a lot of stuff. I, I didn't get a lot of iron. I didn't get a lot of gold. I didn't get, I don't think I, I did get a couple diamonds, but like not nearly as much as I normally wow. get when I do that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I was like, I think I was one of the, I, one of the reasons I kind of like fell off because I'm like, I'm not getting shit. Like this is a bad area and I didn't feel like moving on to another spot and doing it all over again yet. So plus other stuff came up. I'm like, I, I need to, I just get in that, I get in that groove of just digging a hole and then I'm just like, I got to stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> burn myself out i'm literally just digging myself deeper <laughs> i imagine you run heroically climbing out of the hole like batman in yeah. the dark knight rises no they're just they're stairs <laughs> <laughs> that's my next thing though is when i get out to the jungle i'm gonna make a bat cave so i'm gonna uh, dig straight down to the bedrock and then just carve out like a giant egg-shaped like cave basically so um and i want to do what i did in the in previous versions i've done this in like two different versions where i make the cave and then i make the entrance like a fireplace and it has a secret entrance and you and it doesn't work anymore for whatever reason because i went into one of my old worlds so one of the patches must have screwed up the pistons or something but it's like a fireplace and there's like lava pouring for the the fire and then you press a secret button and the the fireplace like folds out into an entryway and like hides the lava. And then you just go down some stairs into the bat caves. Fucking awesome. It's amazing. But I don't think it works anymore. So yeah. I'm gonna have to look up another thing. I was super impressed the like first that. time I saw that. I'm like, wow, you actually you actually cool, did right? something. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, it wasn't my design, but it took fucking forever because I'm like watching a YouTube video and I have to keep pausing because they're making it super fast. They're like Oh, it's easy. You just slap a piston, slap a circuit, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, wait, where did the redstone go? Hold on. So that's how I, I, I did so, my automated uh, sugarcane farm. It's basically yeah. pistons to push the sugarcane off after a certain amount of time. 
Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating because you do all the stuff and then you're like, here we go. And you press the button and nothing happens. And you're like, wow, no, where? <laughs> where did something go wrong? Uh, Which Christmas that's, that's light went out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I have to test every every button, every brick. Uh, but um, but yeah, I want to do something like that. So, But now between that and GTA, I'm like, what are we going to what are we going to do? Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's get to our feature fight. Yeah. So Street Fighter, very briefly, we give a little little introduction and we can we can talk about our experience with it. So uh, Street Fighter was released in 1994. It was written and directed by Stephen E. D'Souza, who has very few directorial credits. Might be surprising to some people, um, but he was a writer on movies like Die Hard, Die Hard 2, 48 Hours, Hudson Hawk, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. Whoa! Like what? his writing, like he yeah, he was a writer on some really big movies. Um, not a lot of directing experience. He had like a couple of episodes of TV shows and stuff. But um, uh, Street Fighter stars Jean Claude Van Damme, famously Raul Julia in his last starring role, uh, Ming Na Wen, who's like it's so interesting to have her in there because at the time she was little known, and now she's she's been in a, a bunch of huge movies. Um, including most recently book of boba fett which is not a movie but a series oh, yeah. and so it's so cool to see her in that and then see how she has literally not aged a single day right. since <laughs> 1994 but um kylie minogue the the pop star uh and more i uh, had an estimated budget of 35 million dollars and its opening weekend for the u.s box office was any guesses did you guys already see this when you were looking up things i did not do you have any guesses? The budget was thirty-five million. Most of that went to Jean-Claude Van Damme, of course. But um, I'm going to guess for what? I'm going to guess ten. Ten million? Yeah. Ten million, Paul. What do you think? Two hundred million. Two hundred million. Wow. We'll see. Um, it was not either of those. Six point <laughs> eight million dollars. <laughs> So I, was box office, I was closer. I was closer. Six point eight million with a budget of thirty-five million. But do you know what the global gross ended up being? Uh, ninety-nine point four million dollars. You know what? Pretty close, but it's ninety-nine point four three one million dollars. Oh, yes, sorry. it made a hundred million dollars yeah, globally. Wow! What the like? When I think of Street Fighter, I, I didn't. That was that shocked the shit out of me. Almost literally when I was driving. And this back is ninety. Own. This is nineties money too. So that's like yes, that's impressive. Yeah, that's like forty billion dollars today. Like that's <laughs> it's amazing. Like I when I saw the opening weekend only made seven million. I was like, yeah, of course. And then it was like global gross ninety nine million. I was like, what? Am I missing something? How the fuck did that happen? But. It stayed strong for a few weeks, actually, in the U.S. And then Canada, it earned quite a bunch. It ended up grossing $33 million combined U.S. and Canada. So just between U.S. and Canada almost made its budget back, which is mind-blowing. Critics, however, were not so kind to it. <laughs> the IMDb rating is 4 out of 10. It has a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the Metacritic is 34 out of 100. Uh, in a 2.5-star review for the Chicago Tribune, critic John Petrakis said, It is beautifully shot, which I thought was an interesting, beautifully shot, and the production design is first-rate. Yeah, I, I could agree with I could, I could agree with that. You know, Bison, it. Bison's, Bison's it. Lair, 10 out of 10. I have no <laughs> notes at all. We'll talk more about that later, but no notes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love it. His room is perfect. It's, what I, it's exactly what I would want. 
and Bison's room to look like. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and he continues, another strong point is the presence of some excellent actors in small roles. Unfortunately, they all have to work opposite Van Damme, <laughs> who keeps trying to be witty and smart, but still comes across as a bit of a lunk. Unlike Arnold Schwarzenegger, his accent doesn't sound menacing or exotic. It's just hard to understand, like the movie. That that's a little that's a little, little, little yeah, bit of a jab. A yeah, shitty, unfair. <laughs> but yeah, he is playing the all-American guile. Right. That is very true. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, the movie's based on mostly the 1991 Capcom mega hit Street Fighter II, but there's some elements of some of the later games. I don't remember which one. It's 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 mostly like Super Street Fighter II. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, iterations of Street Fighter yes. 2. Yeah. It includes DJ um, T Hawk, uh Cammy. Yeah. yeah. What What's the, the other... Street Fighter game where you play as Blanca and you just watch clips of Martin Luther King <laughs> <laughs> over and over again? Is that is that four? Is that turbo? Which yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good question. That see, that's the production value that I'm thinking of when I say I respectfully disagree. It was I mean that that, that was the thing, is like I'm like, it's ninety four, like they've done some really good stuff with makeup and like that was the best they could do with Blanca. It like, looks like 1970s Hulk. Like it literally looks like the same. Like they were like, we still have some of that laying around in the studio. Let's just the green got a little slap. faded for me. It's old, but yeah, we'll throw <laughs> yeah. it, slap it on there. Cause you can still yeah. see his, yeah. you can still see like his lips, like hit the pink in his lips. Right. Like that, And that's one of those things where again, I'm not trying to be too critical because actually overall slight jumping ahead a little bit. I was surprised by how much I liked this this time mm-hmm. because I remember it being so bad and particularly when it came out, but like stuff like that, where I was like, just reminding myself that this came out a year after Jurassic Park, <laughs> a year after we get the T-Rex scene, we get Blanca with goggles strapped to his head and like sloppy makeup and dorky looking hair. So I was a little bit harsher you, with you certain... know what though at no point in Jurassic Park did they unveil that giant Napoleon painting of M Bison so like I mean this <laughs> right. I think this movie is reaching for a different <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about that real quick I I need to bring up the uh the William Gacy uh Gacy yeah, Pogo the Clown. Or John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Yeah. John Wayne Gacy. Sorry, John Wayne Gacy. Which we do see in the office of John Hammond in Jurassic Park. So <laughs> there's that. There's there's a correlation there. Why, no, why Mr. did they do DNA, that? It's John Wayne why, Gacy. <laughs> why, why was that why was that there? Why did he have a, a painting of himself well, as Pogo the so- Clown? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that was their choice or Raul Julia's, because one thing I did read is, like, he was studying, like, famous dictators and, like, other horrible people in history for his, like, performance. And I guess, like, for example, a lot of his, like, hand gestures were taken from Mussolini. (laughs) Okay, I can see that, yeah. So maybe he was like, I I did a lot of reading about John Wayne Casey. I know what I'll do. I need the worst people in history to be (laughs) this character, because that's who he is. Yeah, exactly. He's he's part Napoleon, part John Wayne Gacy. There you go. <laughs> I, I do have to say, he held that movie like he. Oh, that he is the only person that took that role one hundred percent serious. It's so awesome. He is so, and I am fully sincere. He is so fucking awesome in that movie. Yeah. I love him as that character. Before, so let me give a, a brief synopsis just for re, for listeners who haven't watched it. Again, we do recommend that you watch it before because we're just going to be 
throwing stuff out there as we are already. So if you haven't seen it, some of this might not make sense. But uh, a brief synopsis from the user Mphinix on uh, IMDb. Colonel William Guile leads an army of soldiers into the country of Shadaloo to find traces to lead him to General M. Bison, who has captured many people, including three missing so- soldiers. Among them is Carlos Charlie Blanca. We'll get to that scene in a minute. In which Bison decides to turn into a turn him into a hideous mutant. The writing here is not great. Um, on the other hand, Chun Li is a reporter. We'll talk about that too. Who seeks revenge against Bison for the death of her father many years ago? Uh, then two times small hustlers Ryu and Ken. <laughs> talk about that. Which, by the way, technically it's Ryu, but they call him Ryu, so we're just going to go, probably just go with Ryu. Uh, are arrested along with Sagat, a powerful arms dealer, and Vega for dealing of illegal weapons. Guile recruits them in order to find Bison's base. Now Guile, T-Hawk, Kami, Ryu, Ken, Chun-Li, Balrog, and Nihonda have three days before Bison murders the hostages and takes over the world. Not the not the best synopsis, but I'm, I didn't want to write my own. I was too lazy. So, let's get back into it. So, yes, I absolutely agree. Raul Julia, which... If you if you didn't know, Raul Julia was suffering from uh, stomach, stomach cancer, cancer. Yeah. and he had just undergone surgery that removed part of his stomach. So when he started filming, he was like far lighter than they had expected. In fact, they had to change around the entire shooting schedule because they were planning on having a lot of his, if I remember correctly, his fight scenes like up front. And then when he got to set and they saw that he was underweight and not capable of some of what they were planning they had to switch around and save a lot of his fight scenes for later. But um, but one of the reasons that he did it, according to him, was that his kids loved the games. His kids loved Street Fighter. So he wanted to do something that they loved and that they were really excited for. And it was so, so hard not to watch his performance and think of that. Like it really affected like he's supposed to be this tyrannical. He's bison, right? He's like mass murderer. John Wayne Gacy paintings in his office, and the whole time I'm like, I'm a sweet guy. You know, he did <laughs> his last movie. He did this for his kids. Yeah, well, and 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 Zan Gaif is so he loves him so much he doesn't even think he's a bad guy. He's <laughs> right. Like, I love when he's giving his like speech. I want to make these genetic super soldiers not for evil, not for power, <laughs> but for good. And it gets to Zan Gaif. He's just like crying. <laughs> he loves it so much. Oh, so good. Uh, so yeah. good. Oh, man. <laughs> Zan Gaif's thumbs up, too. Oh, yeah. That's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then they turn it into <laughs> a thumbs up. And, uh, <laughs> what, what an arc. What a character arc, Zan Gaif, man. Going from, you know absolute maniacal thug to bumbling goofy. <laughs> yeah he's like wait but i we're the bad when guys? he fucking exactly when he's yeah because um D, uh, DJ. Uh, dj right dj, DJ was yeah. like you know yeah we got to get out of here and zangief was like what are you talking about and dj's like yeah he's a bad guy what are you talking and, and zangief's like wait he's the bad guy <laughs> and so then he has this whole like existential thing um, and then he turns into a good guy. And I have to say, like, the moment where he, like, grabbed the door, like, the door's shutting. All the all the refugees are trying to escape. All the, the, um, hostages. the hostages are trying to escape through this door. And this big steel door is closing. And it's like, oh, no, they're dead. And then two massive Russian hands. I don't know if the actor's really Russian. But grab it. And you're like, oh, he lifts it. And they go under. I, I was, like, I was affected by that scene. That was That was good. 
Mm-hmm. Wanted to cheer. Yeah. Why the fuck is Chun Li a reporter though? Can we talk yeah, about that? That was a weird choice, and also like yeah. how rude Guile is in <laughs> the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and Cammy, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, they're so. That's my girl, man, and she's like she. They had they share goals, you know. It's yeah. a Batman Riddler situation. They're both trying to bring down Bison for the good of the land, <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, stay away." And then the movie fucking ends with him making that gross comment where she's oh. like, can I get that interview now? And he's like, you, if you wear that dress. Oh, God. <laughs> why? Why was that the last thing that we heard? And why was she, why was she like, a tee Like, Right. No. Yeah. I want his her ass to be like more of like. Bison. Yeah. Right. That's, yes. Thank you for bringing that up because I love that. Chun Li, that fucking scene. Another yes, that another scene where I like got actually pretty excited. And this is where I started realizing like, am I actually liking this movie? This movie is so like shit on by a lot of video game fans. And when I saw it, I was super disappointed as a kid because I was expecting something like, you know, again I had seen Jurassic Park, and so to go from that to this, and I love the game. I was like, oof. But now as an adult, knowing that it's bad and it's been some time. There were parts that I, I loved, like that yeah. part. So Chun-Li gets captured and she's this undercover reporter and all this stuff. And we, as Bison points out, like, you know, we haven't seen her fight. We don't know that she can fight. She's He's like, oh, he says something like, I know women and you're you're not a fighter or something like that. You're no that. threat or whatever. <laughs> you're no threat. Yeah. And then she's like, but that's what I wanted you to think. And she fucking breaks her handcuffs. <laughs> and kicks his ass like, he's so fucking shocked and she, right and there's no question about it she kicks the shit out of him it's not like they're sparring and going back and forth the idiots trying she to save her is what let him get away right like, they come in and she's like no and he gets to fucking hit the button and you know protect himself the little door comes down the gas comes out the vents yeah fucking guile took years to try to get with and guile tried to stop her and she fucking accomplished what guile couldn't do fuck you guys man chun Li was the star of this movie yeah guile needed that stupid stealth boat that made the most noise ever <laughs> right <laughs> blew up driving up the the river in midday <laughs> it's, it's really quiet you guys Right, <laughs> fucking machine yeah. guns on the side right. of it. <laughs> but shh, you can't hear it coming. <laughs> oh man! Don't you love too? He had like a. It's like the inside of the boat has one little like video, like cassette tape thing in, and then he puts it in, and it's just watching footage of so, him and Blanca on a weird double date. <laughs> so that was the thing too. Is like I realized like after the fact when I'm watching the credits, I'm like oh, it was a date. Like, it's not even like that was their significant others or anything. It's like, then I'm like, who's fucking recording this fucking date? Right. Like, Although, knowing this version of Guile, I can see him be like, waiter, can you come over here? Just Can you just record us? Because I am very handsome. And I kind of want to get this in case anything happens for posterity. So, But, like, that was another thing is I was kind of like, is this queer coding? Is, like, is Guile in love with Charlie? Like... They seem very close, and in that video, like the way they that, were looking that, at each other, yeah, the the way it was, the way he was like longingly like watching it too, it was very right. like, yeah. yeah. Now, but then in the end, when he's like, "Oh, is that you, Blanca?" Yeah, he's like, it's "I me. have he's to like, murder you. I will kill you." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Oh shit, really?" And he's like, "Yeah, I, I can't." 
you call because the because then Dalsum comes in and he's like, no, you can't, don't kill him, and he's like, you call this living? You don't even give him a fucking choice. Yeah. He's like, oh, my best friend. I have videos of him that I creepily watch in front of other people, where I'm like, look at that fucking intimacy that we had. And you Not just anymore. immediately go to the gun, right? <laughs> I love. To, oh shit, he's he, green. He immediately put him in so much danger because he gets on the microphone, right? Talks a boatload of shit about bison. It's like you can suck these fucking nuts, bison. And then, like, he ends by saying, "Also, my best friend, who you have kidnapped, don't worry, I'm coming for you." Yeah, and I'm like, "What are I, you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> and then b- bison's no fool. He literally turns and he's like, "Let me see who's reacting to this." <laughs> that guy. Oh. The one guy that's left alive. <laughs> the one guy we didn't kill yet. Also, be like, yeah. by the way, they killed a lot of people for this PG-13 film. I was they not know. expecting that. Those two dudes well, got read, murked like immediately. <laughs> I read that it was initially it got an R rating. And Capcom's who. So apparently Capcom was the primary financer of this movie. And they were a little annoying with like they kept trying. They were like, we need you to keep adding characters. We need this to be PG-13. And so the original cut was R and Capcom was like, nope, can't do it. No dice. So they cut it again and then it was rated G (laughs) and Capcom was like, nope, can't do that either. That's for babies. So they like recut it. So you can see why the movie is a little all over the place and has so many underdeveloped characters because Capcom was like, well, what about them? What about like T-Hawk? What the fuck? Like, just one of those characters where, like, at some point, he, Guile says, Tiahawk, come with me or something. And I'm like, oh shit, he's been there the whole time, hasn't he? But he was like a bumbling idiot. He was there. like a bumbling idiot, yeah. like, the whole time, too. Like, speaking of. Bumbling idiots, John Claude Ken Indian. and Ryu. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're like. Ken and Ryu. They're like grifters in this movie. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's right. Such a yeah, weird like, choice. no one, no one, like, they could have made, like, like, Chun Li, like, she was a detective. She could have been working undercover as a journalist, like right, and all that stuff. Like they could have had like Ken and Ryu like doing some like weird undercover stuff as well, not just being fucking straight up like arms dealers, grifter, <laughs> like grifters. con men. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they keep getting getting other people into trouble. And there's one point where they they I can't remember. Let me see. I have a note in here somewhere. But they get everyone else into trouble. There's the Bison versus Sagat fight where they're like, you know, Sagat comes out and is like, oh, I'm not taking this fake money or whatever. And they're they're all like his gang is on one side and Bison's gang is on the other side. Um, and Sagat says to Ken, are you with me or against me? And Ken says, is that multiple choice? There were things like that, especially with those two characters that the writing was like so atrocious. I was like, yeah, that's multiple. Like, that's literally, literally, you could have come up with a better quip. Exactly. Um, but then they reveal Chun Li, Honda, and Balrog in that scene. And then again, because they're fucking bumbling and they're just like, whoa, where's the people? And then they're they're like escaping and Ryu says something to Ken, or I think Ken says something to Ryu about like, Well, they're the well, we're the good guys, and Ken sa- or I think it's Ryu says, uh, lately I don't feel like a good guy. And it's true. Like through almost the entire movie they're just always getting in the way. And it's like, these are the two poster boys for the series. They're mm-hmm. supposed to be like the two, like the best of the best. And they're, they, they seem like Mortal Kombat characters, honestly. Like, I kept thinking of Johnny Cage from the movies that we watched. 
Yeah, like, no, I just I, not I, super confident. At a quick glance, it was like Johnny Cage and Liu Kang. Like yeah. you yeah. couldn't really tell the difference between the two because it's just so generic. They're just generic characters at that point. Yeah. Um, I do want to say though, because it was oh, shit, drop my pen here. Uh, right after that, when they get captured, they show uh they're getting tor- uh Honda's getting tortured with uh Balrog there. Uh-huh. Did you guys catch the hand job joke? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What was it again? It was like, "Hey it's Honda, like, give me a hey hand. Honda, can you give me a hand?" And he's like, "It's only been like twenty or like a couple hours, dude. Wait, like two we've months. Only, or we've only like been that. in prison. Yeah, we've only been in prison two hours. Um, which, yeah, that that was that was really funny. I think also I was surprised that Honda, like Balrog, especially Balrog, is supposed to be a bad guy. Yeah. In those in those early Street Fighter games, and he's a cameraman right okay is he is he i mean technically is he a bad guy because he's just he's basically one of the bosses i don't know if that necessarily makes him a bad guy Uh, i guess that's that's fair maybe in the bad sense that he is like a mike tyson emulation you know yeah but he is a a disgraced boxer uh that's why he's now working as a cameraman Mm. so it's one of the best levels by the way also where did he where did he fucking get the boxing gloves yeah. I wondered that too. I thought I missed something because I was trying to take notes and watch at the same time. And I look up and he's like got boxer shorts on and like I'm like, what? Where it, would only, the fuck? it would only make sense if there was like a little picture of M. Bison on each one of them. And you're like, of course. Like he just has like <laughs> outfits everywhere for, for every sparring, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boxing time. Yes. Also, to go back to Raul Julia. Like, as a kid, I loved him in Adam's Family, and so to see him in this, I was really disappointed at the time, because I was like, I Bison's supposed to be this big, muscular, domineering guy, and I'm thinking of, like, Gomez Adams. Right. <laughs> like, this little, like, very suave, um, but as you guys said, he, he really sold it, and he had some fucking amazing lines. Paul shared a couple of them already, but one of my favorites, hold on, let me find it. It's when he's he's captured Chun Li and she's talking about how he, you know, swept into the her village when she was younger and like murdered all these people, murdered her parents, and he says, it, "It's she says this whole dramatic thing," and then he like pauses and he's like, "I don't remember that," and she's like, "You son of a bitch," and he says, "For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life, but for me." It was Tuesday. It was so good. Such an asshole. Such a fucking dick line. My favorite one is when uh, I can't remember the context of it, but uh, it's him and Sagat are arguing, and he's like, "You didn't see it," like or what is like, uh, "I guess you didn't see that, did you?" And he covers his hand with his eye, (laughs) or his eye with his hand. So Uh, good. Such a another dick comment uh <laughs> well I, I like this one um it's when he thinks guile died which by the way <gasps> yeah, he's alive yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very dark night <laughs> but uh yeah right right <laughs> do you think the dark knight ripped off the street fighter <laughs> i think the dark knight trilogy ripped off this movie in general you have the the death the fake death of this character in public so that everyone can see yes. only to magically reappear later then you have this this person who's being pumped full of chemicals to become much bigger, mm-hmm, like a super mm-hmm, soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, 
There's what a whole, else was there? There's there a whole another... scene where like M. Bison's on a little floaty in the river and he's like, hit me, hit me. And God <laughs> yeah. is driving in on his stealth boat. <laughs> and he's like, ah, and then swerves out of the way. <laughs> now, who are we kidding? This, this guy would have been like, open fire, two machine guns. <laughs> yeah. Hit yeah, right but... over with the boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I had, I'm trying to look through my notes. There was another thing that I thought. Um, I have one that I really like, which is, anyways, yeah, it's right after he thinks Guile's dead, and he goes, like, he's really disappointed, and then um, DJ's like, why? And he's like, I was hoping to face Guile personally on the battlefield, one gentleman warrior to another, in respectful combat. Then I would snap his spine. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's it, yeah, snapping oh, his spines. It was so that good. was exactly it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking, of, so, uh, so, Bison has these great lines. Guile does does not. There's the one line where someone's like, "Colonel, have you lost your mind?" And he says, "No, you've lost your balls." <laughs> uh, I feel like it. It really highlights how writing can be bad, but the delivery of it, yeah, if it's like campy enough, can be amazing. And I feel like Raul Julia, with like we're talking about, he he is putting his. He's trying. He's really like making this character his own. So his cheesy lines hit. Yeah. Van Damme's cheesy lines, who's like... Oh, anytime, anytime just... dickhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not not landing in the same way. <laughs> Here's my question, though, too. Do you think, like, he improvised? Maybe not unlike an Arnold Schwarzenegger, he improvised a lot of those, like, comebacks that he made? Because those sound very van damme like, in other... They, they sound like... Yeah. yeah, they sound like shitty Van Damme quotes from well, and also, Van Damme movies. According to trivia, he was like a nightmare on set, and like yeah. I guess was not re- was not rehearsing his lines. And what he did this came out? He was doing ten thousand dollars a week in cocaine while while making this movie. So like, do you think he was just like, what script? Let me just talk. That's a, you know, I'm gonna, that's a lot of cocaine uh, in the nineties. That ten thousand dollars got you way more than it would now, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and that that same bit of trivia it said that he was having an affair with uh kylie, right? kylie minogue and i'm like come on kylie she by the way she is super hot in this movie I, i've always thought she's she's very attractive but i'm i'm glad it was like the they said there was like the australian actors guild or something that was like you have all this you have this very diverse cast of characters why don't you have an australian and they were like all right we'll make her put her in there as cammy but but yeah she was she was very very pretty Although her hair was, there was, there were a couple of scenes with stunt people where very obvious that like that wasn't Bison. Bison, I think, and Cammy were the two where like it cuts and it's like, oof, that is, that is not Raul Julia. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, it's not anything Van Damme did, but I did like, they did one bit off of his speech or whatever, where he makes the big speech about how they're not going to go home and they're going to go kick Bison's ass. The, and the pro, the pro, uh, pro war, war crimes uh, speech. Yeah. That he gives. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that, that's ridiculous. My favorite part though is when the guy who tried to tell him to not do that is there and he's like, not everybody went and it cuts the camp and it's just one cook in front <laughs> of like nine pots. <laughs> it's this movie is legitimately really funny at certain yeah. points. I have to say, like that was so good. <laughs> but it's like du- it's like, it's dumb funny. Like that's yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. it's like really low, like hanging fruit funny. Um, but 
Some of it's not. <laughs> like they try so hard on some of it. Oh, some and of it, it just stuff falls flat. Fall. But like that was legitimately, I was like, wow, yeah, like that's. <laughs> they didn't have to do that. That was such like a, a stupid, unrelated bit, you know. Like, oh man. Yeah, well, and a little bit like I, I don't know. It's stupid, funny, but like again, like a Napoleon portrait of Bison that took like uh, someone painted that thing and like offered like a weird, stupid joke. Like I don't know. I I admire that. I think that, that, that yeah, it, all that stuff that's like literally going to be in that one scene, just shown right. that one time. Like all that effort. Um, that's one of those. Like if I were, I always think I always love to imagine fantasize about being ultra rich. That's one of those movie props that I would track down. I would have like really cool stuff like a Batmobile or something, but and then I would have the, Rel- the painting the, of that. The M. Bison, uh, yeah. Napoleon. <laughs> I would I would have it above like a gold hot tub or something like that. You know, <laughs> just have a a room dedicated to like debauchery and get the Gacy painting in there too. <laughs> might as well, you know. <laughs> Why not? Why not? You're already going that far. Why not? Yeah. I also loved um, relate to M. Bison his like CPR machine inside of his suit that made it look like he had two boobs that were just like <laughs> pressing. <laughs> My heart beats for you, Chun Li. No. <laughs> um, there were check it out. There were some uh, problems that I had. Some problems, surprisingly, that I had with this movie. Uh, one, no. one of the ones like during that scene where um, Sagat and Bison uh, are going at it over the the guns and the money and all that stuff when Chun-Li, Honda, and Balrog are pushing the the truck in and they're doing the little report on the video screen. They show him, like, pushing the truck. Then they cut, like, they're watching the screen and there's another cut of a camera watching the truck and it keeps moving with the truck. Who's, 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 who's filming who's that? Filming that? Yeah. <laughs> who's broadcasting that? Because they're out of there. Because that whole place is yeah. gonna blow up, so somebody is somebody's. Yeah, gonna, there was there was a lot of that. Yeah. Also, also. Oh, go ahead. You first. Go ahead. No, you first. No, 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 no go ahead. No. I, 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 so, okay. By me, all means, me. I am Bison. No, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm telling you, I'm like a guile voice. <laughs> I am the new Bison. That is the rule. I kill. I kill the Bison, and I am now the Bison. No, um, the the scene where Chun Li sneaks into, so she's. You know, she gets into a like a black ninja suit and she like sneaks into the AN. Is it the AN? AN. Right? Oh god. The UN? Yes. The AN council. And number one, she looks good in that. So we're gonna talk about an interview that she did where she talks about like working out oh, and yeah. she's like very happy with her own butt. I was I second that motion. She was <laughs> very hot in that black suit. Which Cammy then? Why is it Cammy versus Chen Li in this too? Cammy, every time they're together, like they're insulting each other. Because they're starting fighting Cammy's- for Guile's love. I guess that's don't even I'm not gonna I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that but um <laughs> but she looks amazing in that black suit and then she gets to like the morgue and she finds can we talk about can Colonel we Giles can we ben. talk about this weird ass morgue too like why does it have we, fucking like cutaway like body parts and stuff like that it's a fucking morgue <laughs> not a fucking right science laboratory in case you need them like you know anyone need a hand. <laughs> Also, no one's in there with him. Why does he go all the way inside? <laughs> and he's like, ah. That's that's my question is literally how long was he laying there? Was he like, I just really need to fucking sell this. I need you guys to push me in there. I'm just going to lay in there until someone finds me. <laughs> like, what? He, Why the he fuck? He's coming down from all that cocaine. And he's just like, <laughs> I need, I've been awake for three days. I need to sleep. 
<laughs> he's literally taking like a coke nap or something and they, <laughs> they're like you know what just start the scene if he wakes up he wakes up we'll just, we'll just shoot it hopefully he won't <laughs> <laughs> but he also i noticed in one of the earlier scenes he had this big bump on his head so yeah. okay I, like, I noticed that too yeah. and i i'm like did he get injured because it was giant it was bulbous during a lot of it and right. Then I, look at, I was like, when did they hit him? And I look. I thought someone hit him. I look at a picture of him, like from like a couple of years ago when I went to his IMDb page. No, that's just like a lump on his head. Like he oh. just has this like weird like bulge on his forehead there. I know. I I looked it up. There's an old uh, Washington Post profile on him from like the early 90s when he's like just starting to take off, or late 80s, I think, when he's just starting to take off. I almost should. Th- I'm, I might just find it and link it because I feel like people should read it because the writing style is very weird because it's the 80s, but also just like he was so he's gotten to be sort of a private person, I think, because he's a controversial figure. But like he was all over the place in that interview. Um, but it says that, uh, quote, somebody kicked Van Damme there a long time ago. It's a cyst now. Mm. And Van Damme says, I could get it removed, but why should I change my face? Like what? Like that? Yeah. I but I thought that was so weird. Like you said, he's it's it's not makeup. It's not something that happened in the movie. It's literally and it, he has. And it, a, and it looks like it's almost like like they put makeup on it to like make it show up more. Right. That's <laughs> like, what I thought. Yeah. It was like yeah, it was really weird. Um, like I almost was expecting there to be a scene where he like bonks his head or something, and they're like, oh, now he's got this bump throughout the movie. But that, that requires way too much continuity than yeah than this movie could offer. Um. I do want to say in, in that morgue, so she she's going, you know, Chun Li's sneaking in and she's got the little tracking device looking for their their tracker and all that stuff. And she's like walking around and there's this giant fucking computer that says tracking device and she's like Oh, it must be this. <laughs> that's the that's the other thing that I when we said the production value thing, granted there's some great production value in there, but there's so much of stuff like that where there's like big signs like toxic radioactive where i'm like or Come on, or, the, man. or the fake foreign text it's like in yeah. english like written to make look like foreign i saw that a handful of times i was like oh i forgot the word for that speaking is. of they have a lot of of actors who are the nationality or ethnicity that they're supposed to thai. be thai well, well that well, one was well, interesting so yeah like he was native american oh yeah oh, yeah i'm sorry like most of the like background characters are thai because it takes place in thailand yeah. they actually filmed most right. of it in bangkok uh, i saw right but sagat was was it was played by a native american actor um e honda was played by a um a dude that dude was had samoan so it's like it's not quite the thing you know what i mean um but then, and so a part of me is like, okay, well, there's a lot of actual diversity, so it's not just a bunch of, like, white people or whatever. It's mismatched, but then there was the one scene where it's, like, at Bison's Bazaar, and there's, like, a very Islamophobic, like, there's, like, a, a Muslim dude speaking in, like, very, for- like, you could tell he's probably white, and he's, like, has, like, a very stereotypical Arabic, like, accent, and he's, like, selling things, and I'm like, Ugh. it's, like, this movie you know doesn't it's not nearly as offensive as it could have been to get some stuff right or like partially right but then there's stuff like that where i'm like damn it like you were close to not being great but like close to being i don't even remember that acceptable it's like the intro to that scene like the camera it's like they're outside of the tent and it's like panning over and he's like selling weapons because that's another thing he's like a muslim terrorist you know so that's that's kind of crap yeah i kind of i kind of blocked that part out i guess 
Yeah. But um movie is Oh, the other Batman thing was when Guile is giving a briefing, they have like a meeting, and an assassin comes in. Worst assassin ever, because he's like, let me just jump in front of, in the middle of everyone, <laughs> yes. run on the table. But he tries to kill Guile, and Guile, like, grabs his, oh, his weapon I know and twists it out of his it. hands. And then he makes that, like, quip, which I don't even remember what it was. And then they're all, like, everyone's shaken, but he's like, Let's, we gotta keep going with the meeting. Tell me that's not Harvey Dent from The Dark Knight, you know? If you want to kill a public official, next time you should buy American. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, Christopher Nolan, you're really... Yeah. No one's, you know, called you out for this, but you were—you took most of the Dark Knight trilogy from this movie. That's so, so congrats. Well, I mean, got, um, M. Bison's whole speech about super soldiers is basically Bane. Going, yeah, <laughs> your city is returned to you. <laughs> <laughs> the people. Yeah, it's the, pe- the people. <laughs> Can you imagine if Ben had like a giant oil painting done of himself as Napoleon? Because <laughs> it's months and months he could have commissioned somebody to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. What a lovely, lovely painting. <laughs> um, Another thing that Bison said, though, that like struck in a in a bad way as an academic was so Dalsim in this movie is like a scientist who's working. You know, we get the sense that he's supposed to be captured because he has like a sh- shackle around his neck or something, and, his, and so and Bison's making him. Like he's like fully yeah. shackled, but he could still like have full motion. So I don't know what the point of the right. shackles are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like to remind you that you know you're in servitude. But, um, but he's, Bison has him as like this. Like again, he's like this trapped scientist or whatever, and he's unhappy. Of course, like from the beginning, we get a sense that he's unhappy, and he voices some disagreement about what they're going to do with Blanca. And Bison says, "After I've crushed my enemies." We'll see about getting you published. That's cheer you up, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, joy. <laughs> yeah. And if that ain't academia, yeah. you know what I mean? You got to do all this labor, all this work with the promise that maybe you'll get published and that'll cheer you up. <laughs> what? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all just we're, we're all just in Giles or not Giles, I'm in Bison's Fortress right now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I also thought maybe that that was there to be kind of kinky as well because like Bison was quick to pick him up by that and I was like wow maybe maybe there's something else going on here that's true he's basically Slave Leia from Return of the Jedi if you think about it I want to know at the end there so fast forward to the end of the movie when the base is blowing up and uh, uh, Guile's trying to get Charlie and Dulcim out they Charlie and or Blanca and Belsine decide that they are going to stay in and their lives because they are well, one's too hideous, obviously, because you know his friend almost tried to kill him, uh, and the other is like shamed by what he has done. Um, where did he find time to shave his head? <laughs> That's another question I thought I missed. It like it cuts to him and he's got it's li- it's literally been like, like five wait. minutes since the last time you saw him. <laughs> I was like, did he burn it off? Did I miss like a scene where like he was on fire or something? Yeah, I was very confused by that as well. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you. And he that took up. all his clothes off too. Yeah. He, oh yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> did not breathe breathe fire. Though. No, he did not. No yoga no. flow. Or have a little baby skull. Um, on yeah. His, yeah. <laughs> oh. I thought he was like when he got chemicals on him because there's the part where that that like henchman sees that he's been like transmitting oh, yeah. good images. The henchman like pushes him into this thing. I thought he was gonna get the little like stretchy. 
I know. Yeah. I thought he was going to be like, oh, but no, he's nope. he's still he's more like a, a Gandhi type character. He's yeah. just like wise, which again, racial stereotypes, yeah. but like he's passing on like wisdom and he says some fucking stuff like um, he says, if good men do nothing, that's evil enough. Because like, I don't remember who he was talking to, but that person was like, yeah, let's just like leave it. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, if good men do nothing, that's I was like, damn. Dawson's spitting some wisdom. He's not spitting fire. He's spitting wisdom. I that's love his different kind of fire superpower. Yeah. By the way, I love that meter that for Blanca where it's like fifty percent evil. Yeah. And then like he, he switches. It's like fifty percent good. Yeah. <laughs> and I love he, he's presumably because you see that Martin Luther King clip over and over again. So he's watching like hours of like a 45 second like video loop of like a kid's birthday and a wedding yeah. and martin luther king <laughs> he's like oh <laughs> <laughs> and and guile's about to just pop him yeah like <laughs> not, not not no questions or anything no like how are you like how do you feel can i help you know just like I I reminded you that I'm your friend. Now I'm going to murder right. you. <laughs> yeah, it's like Guile. You didn't see the screen. Fifty percent good. Look, yeah. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> look at the progress bar. <laughs> like he wasn't torn up about it at all. Yeah, and he said, "Help me." He didn't say like, what yeah. like in help, movies a lot of times me? it's like, "Oh, help okay." Me. I'll yeah, help and you. yeah, he literally is like, "I will help." Yeah, he's like, yeah. "I will help you." It was so fucking dark. I'm like, "God, yeah." <laughs> Blanca should have just. That should have been the point where Blanca like grabs his ankles and. Just like electric <laughs> that's what they should have had him doing the whole movie is just you know sc- like scuttling around and just electrocuting people like the cheap move <laughs> oh, yeah, just like crawling do. forward <laughs> just crawling forward <laughs> bison's like i can't do anything in the face of this fucking cheap move stop spamming um speaking of spamming and fighting um why did they have kaiju sounds during the uh, Zangief uh, Honda fight when they were toppling oh, yeah. over it was like a bad. It was like a bad like Godzilla like parody Wait, thing. What? Yeah, that was completely unnecessary. Yeah, well, they yeah. also they they're fighting for no reason. It literally ends by um him going like, "Well, okay, that was fun, but we have to." Yeah, go. <laughs> literally just yeah. like, "All right, well, place is gonna blow. We should get out of here." Yeah, see you later. <laughs> they did try to have some of their like signature moves though. So like at the one point when they're fighting, Honda starts like slapping him with his hand. Basically, uh, Cammy was like, it's not like you don't have the really silly stuff. Like Cammy didn't like corkscrew, spin kick kind of thing. But she did break that student um, dude's neck with her legs. She did. Yeah. So lucky. And she um, broke his neck and then flopped him to the ground and then punched him after he was already dead. <laughs> You know, just making sure. Making sure, yeah. Some some um, of the I uh, who else? There was one person that they I think it was like Chun Li's stuff, where it was like they did like just like one quick shot to kind of like show like their move. I can't remember who it was though, but it was just like weird. It was just like weirdly cut. They were only showing them like do like one move at a time sort of thing. I can't remember who it was though. Now, yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> They didn't do Sonic Boom. They should have done that. They did. They um, did do a, a flash yeah. kick though. So and they did a Hadouken when um, they did do the Hadouken. Is that what you're talking about? No, there was Ryu. Oh yeah, the, the yeah, that's room? right. No, when they were they were cutting back and forth, like they were they did uh, the Shuriken and Shuriken, mm-hmm. like they just did a quick cut to show it. 
and then they did the quick hurricane kick and then they did the quick yeah. Hadouken. And like a little bit of a flash. Like they were like, we can't go full fireball, but like let's see a little something. A little something comes out from these fucking grifters. <laughs> what? <laughs> these these two... ma- martial arts masters. Yeah, basically playing Joe Pesci and what's his nuts from Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> the wet bandits. <laughs> oh who, my god. Who wrote this movie? Who who's to blame for all this bullshit? Jean-Claude Van Damme actually. No, um I don't I don't I don't remember, but um Vega though. Yeah. Vega, v- that body. Vega was pretty Vega was spot on because he was a narcissist yeah. like and he was just like his body was like fucking impossible though. I kept I was like I can't stop staring cuz like Jean-Claude Van Damme eat your heart out cuz like this guy's body and like you said is he was very handsome. I love that he put the mask on cuz at first he comes in with the mask in the ring when he's going to fight Ryu. I think Ryu. Yeah. Um, and then he takes it off and I'm like, oh, come on. But then later when they fight, he puts it back on. He's got the claws. Yeah, I thought I thought Vega was done pretty well. It was very annoying, just like in the fucking game. <laughs> God damn it. Fucking hopping around. I hated fighting him. He was the fucking worst. He's probably hated fighting Sagat too. Sagat was cheap. That was the problem. Yeah. He just like Tiger, spam- Tiger, yeah, he just kept Tiger. spamming. Yeah. Uh, and Vega just jumped around a lot. Bison was just fast. Like that was the only problem with him. Yeah. And that, that like cage launch that he would do, like climb up the cage and like launch and hit you from fucking anywhere. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. The Bison versus Guile fight. Um, silly as hell. (laughs) When Bison or like Guile's bonking Bison's head into the bell and it's like sped up. Uh. my favorite is when okay he gets brought back to life right and 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 gal's like <gasps> you know i thought i thought i broke you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were broke yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh no, he comes back and then he zaps him and he's like i thought this was unarmed combat he's like this is merely an electrical pulse around <laughs> it's so good <laughs> and what is he, he says something like the the same force that that floats my my platform or whatever my yeah. like station and he's like the same force that floats me and then <laughs> he starts floating up into the sky and then and it's so silly but like you keep you keep seeing the the wires yeah. holding him like every time yeah, he like tilts i love I'm it like oh man so yeah good. it's so it's so fun <laughs> there was another line that ken said so ken and ryu like i said i'm gonna keep going back to them because i was so I was so surprised. They should have been like the two stars. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that Chun-Li is one of the two main characters. And in fact, we'll talk about the two deleted scenes, which star Chun-Li. But um, Chun-Li was like front and center for the most part. Guile was in there a lot, of course. But like Ken and Ryu were the stars of the games and they're meant to be like the stars. And I think probably part of it was like, you know, Guile. I don't know. It might have been the American thing, like you were saying, Ron. Like Guile had to be... They wanted it to be like an American leading man or something. Or American so let's character. get this forward. Uh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, how many like all American, you know, who do who did you have at the time? You had Stallone, maybe he would have been a terrible guile. Mm. Not Schwarzenegger. No, not Dolph Lundgren. You know what I mean? Which he would have made a cool Zangief, I think. But um, but no, Ken and Ryu, like so bumbling there was one point where I'm, I was so confused. So it was the Ryu versus Vega fa- uh, fight where like Sagat joins in and then Ken joins in. Um, and Ken says to Sagat, if I had met you, I might have become you. 
Like what? I don't. I didn't understand that. Did you guys get that? <laughs> no. You don't understand what the fuck he's talking about? I didn't. I didn't get it. Okay. Like, uh, I looked up some '90s uh, action stars that they we, they could have gotten. Tom Cruise. Uh Kurt Russell. Okay. He's American. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Steven Seagal. Bell Kilmer actually, yeah, would have made a good. Bell Kilmer, yeah. Guile, I think. Uh, Steven Seagal. No, but he wouldn't have cut his hair. He would have had a weird black ponytail as Guile. That would have been weird. At least uh, is Steven Seagal actually Native American? Because I think he claims to be. I think I can't remember if he actually is though. The problem I don't is know he's if he actually like is. a liar. So yeah, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> um, Bruce Willis. No. You don't think Bruce Not Willis as Guile? Because he would have he would have played Bruce Willis. He, so he not... would have, but like it would also have been a little more believable because he was American. Yeah, like John McClane, you know. Yeah, I, I, like think, I think I think he I think he could have taken it a little more seriously than Van, uh, Van Damme did. He could have also probably like actually you know read the fucking script. Um, That's true. Also, th- on this list too is Mel Gibson, Nicolas Cage. John Travolta. Oh, whoa! Nicholas Cage. That would have been awesome. Oh, that would have been weird. Yeah. And been... like Raul Julia, he would have gotten super into it, I bet, too. Yeah. Like, done a ton of like research. He would have learned how to do the, the knife kick. He would have yes. done it. He would have faked his own death for real. Like, in real life. <laughs> no special he would have yeah. faked his own death for they real. They would have been like, yep, Nicolas Cage died on set. <laughs> and then half, like halfway through the movie, he pops back up and everyone's like, oh, it's so sad that they left him in. And he's like, no, it's really him. Halfway he through. really is not dead. Halfway through his real family's funeral for him, he pops out of the casket <laughs> dressed as Guile. <laughs> we were curious as why all these cameras were here. <laughs> And why this character, Chun-Li, was standing up by the casket. (laughs) Why there was this giant tracking device. (laughs) Why did they hide it in the morgue? Good question. Who's going to go there? (laughs) Good, that's a fair point. No one's going to a morgue. I'm not sneaking in morgues. Who's on this place besides people in this base? (laughs) Sounds like a... Beastie Boys song. <laughs> Who's in this place besides the people in this base? Um, speaking of rap, uh, the soundtrack consisted entirely of uh, hip hop music, and apparently, oh, huh. apparently, like was one of the first soundtracks to consist entirely of hip hop music or something like that. Oh, from where I saw somewhere, which is funny because the Mortal Kombat soundtrack was one of the first. I think it was the first platinum EDM. I album, believe so. It? Yeah. It was a banger too. That it was. was Damn, these movies just breaking records. Left uh, left. Street Fighter soundtrack not so good, uh, but it didn't feature uh, the Far Side, uh, Ice Cube, uh, MC Hammer, uh, with Deion Sanders, <laughs> and um, uh, Chuck D. So it did have some oh. decent decent people on the soundtrack. What about Wesley Snipes? As Guile, I, f- I feel Ooh, like okay. you wouldn't have been able to get a- get away with that in the oh. 90s because they weren't so willing to to make you know to mix. Yeah, I don't think not if they were to remake it race. now, maybe maybe they get away with yeah. it if Capcom would like, let them. That'd be the problem. Like Blade, or Ken. yeah, like like Blade oh. era Wesley Snipes would be so yeah. perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. And Ryan Ryan Reynolds as Guile, and then Wesley Snipes as Ken. Let's that'd be cool. let's recast. Street Fighter yes. right now. 
Chris, yes. Christopher Walken as M. Bison. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> a la Max Shrek, you know, yeah. his performance of Batman Returns. <laughs> this watch. <laughs> my father gave me this watch. <laughs> oh, we're, so we're referencing a great scene in Batman Returns where Christopher Walken is Max Shrek and he pretends like he's going to kill Selina Kyle and he like, ah, like scares her. And then she's like, oh, oh, I thought you were going to kill me. And then he's like, yeah, I am. And he kills her. He tries to. <laughs> I fucking love that scene so much. Um, yeah, Christopher Walken now, though. I mean, but hey, could be potentially the same thing, sort of end of life. He's pretty old now, isn't he? <laughs> I don't. Jesus Christ, Joe. <laughs> Christopher Walken, I doubt you're listening, but we're not saying your life is about to come to an end. <laughs> but we are saying that if you... We want continuity with the Street Fighter universe. <laughs> maybe, yeah, get some connections, make it happen, because that, be, that would be awesome. Your final awesome. starring role. Ming-Na Wen as Chun-Li. Yeah, just keep her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Yeah, she's she can do it. still doing action roles and shit, so... Why not? Who's Chris Pratt? Oh God, Blanca. <laughs> Blanca, yes, yeah. But he's gonna talk. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna be a a monster. He's still gonna talk. But they don't put any makeup on him, and they're like, "You're hideous." <laughs> I I think I want to kill you. <laughs> he has three raptors. He's like, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> psst, psst. No blue. Yeah. No blue. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Ryan Gosling? Ooh. Oh, he's um, he's a uh, Vega, of course. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who's who's Sagat? Mm. Oh, Jesse mm. the Body Ventura. I want it. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> yes, and like yeah. weird, weird old Jesse Ventura as well. Like not weird young Jesse like, Ventura <laughs> with like all his conspiracy theories and all his yeah, yeah. like his crazy like long hair. <laughs> <laughs> I want like the Jesse Ventura that's like suing Chris Kyle's widow. (laughs) (laughs) I want like cruel lawsuit Jesse Ventura. (laughs) This is taking a weird turn. (laughs) Uh, Wait, in a a Street Fighter discussion? What? (laughs) Let's just get let's let's just get Mike Tyson as Balrog. Oh yes. my God. Oh, yeah. Let's just fucking do it. That'd be so good. I've seen some clips of him. He can still fucking move. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. He's he's super. He's still he's, quick. He's good. Yeah. He's still boxing. God, that would be fucking awesome. Yeah. He's he's good. I like his comeback story. Um, I'm glad that he owns that he's a dick. Yeah. Like he's not yeah. not ashamed to admit that he's a complete asshole. Like yeah. Well, because if you look into his story, he was f- fucked over. He was so manipulated oh, yeah. by like everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone King, just used right? him. Yeah, and he was a, just a poor black kid. You know what I mean? Like so many people were willing to take advantage of him, including Don King, being obviously the most note- noteworthy. But, um, but yeah, he doesn't just lean on that. He's not like I was a victim, which he was. He was like I was a fucking asshole. I should have been should have been better. So, you know. But here's my I, question: I like that. Who do we get for Grifter? Uh, Ryu and Ken. I like how we're we're just recasting this movie. This movie. Yeah, <laughs> we're not we're trying not, to do anything different. We're not trying to make a better script. We're just recasting yeah. this movie. I like. Yeah, we have to. It has to happen. So who do we get? Who do we get? Who Joseph Gordon Levitt is as 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 Ryu. <laughs> Danny DeVito as Ken. As Ken. Oh my god. I'm not. 
I'm the trash man. <laughs> my, I was my parent man. I was my parents' as number one, but they treated me like number two. <laughs> oh he was the best penguin man. Colin Farrell does a great job, but holy shit, Danny DeVito is made for that role. He's, he's living in the shadow of a <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, so I All like right. our I like our movie. Let's make it. If any of the Let's major the major Someone's studios out there. are listening. <laughs> right. Even if you want to steal it, like we'll you don't even have to give us a writer's credit. If you just cast the exact movie that we just said. And, we'll, we'll take and it. do the freeze frame at the end. Yes, their victory pose. <laughs> yes. That was that was the that was the moment that Andrea groaned. <laughs> watching I that would have been a nice boa again if it wasn't preceded by Guile making that gross remark about seeing Chen Li in the dress. If it wasn't, they had he had to fuck. And like you said, that sounds like Van Dam. That doesn't sound like the screenwriter. Van Dam was like, "Well, why don't we have a line in here where I also am fucking Cammy, but I also fuck Chen Li, right?" Like, yeah. And while we're at it, why don't we have another line of a, oh, there. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> speaking, speaking of lines. <laughs> Cut. And, and. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Yeah, let's, sure, let's, let's stop cutting I'm, lines I'm, I'm here. Sure, and... I'm sure it's, it's hot in Thailand, but did he, was he always weirdly sweaty to you guys? Or was that just me? Listening. Yeah. yeah. That's just in his listening. contract. <laughs> Yeah, I, I probably is honestly. Like he's oiled up, and like all of his movies, like at that in the eighties, that's what it was. Like you get tanned and oiled, but but yeah, he's just constantly. And other people weren't like him next to Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue's like, I know what I know how to dab my forehead when I'm <laughs> well, sweating. That Conan interview that you showed me that his physical appearance was something he really cared about. Like he wanted his butt to look really good in all of like, yeah. the shots and everything. Yeah. So yeah, we can move to trivia and auxiliary stuff and that was one of them so i sent before we even watched it i sent an interview with me now went on conan on uh, late night with conan o'brien to these guys and she that's where they start they start with Mingna Wen talking about how she got into shape like the best shape of her life and she was so proud of her body and it was like sculpted and she's like but it didn't matter because everything was about jean-claude van damme's butt and Conan made the joke, which I think is probably not a joke, but he's like, he literally had like cameras set up to like look to just focus on his butt. And I didn't see as much butt as I thought I was from him, um, but there was a lot of focus on his body, like everything, like just framing and everything. Like he was, it, but it, which again, I guess I kind of get, you know what I mean? At that point in time, well, male bodies in particular. You son of a bitch, were, you want you to look at this. <laughs> oh god yeah perfect example actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at his bicep and he kissed it a little kiss no he didn't, he didn't do that but My, he may as well have yeah yeah it wouldn't have been out of character um, <laughs> but there were there were two deleted so i have the um extreme edition blu-ray and there were two deleted scenes and like i said before they were both centered on chun Li. so she actually had more screen time one of them they were both pretty short. One of them was just her undercover as a reporter, and she meets up with Honda and Balrog, who've like secured two crates of dynamite. Which I guess I am a little bit like, what'd you guys do with those? Like, where, where were those? Like, what the fuck? But the other one was a whole ass fight scene between Chun Li and Cammy. So like Chun Li, it's at that um, that meeting between Sagat and Bison, 
and it's like back when Chun Li's back. I think it's after she gets caught or something, and Cammy comes in and they like exchange barbs, and then they just get into a fight. And I'm like, and can't because Cammy tries to arrest her. Um, and I'm like, damn, why they why why they delete that? But uh, I mean, I guess it's probably good that they did because then it leads up to the bison scene and it makes that scene better because she hasn't oh, done anything so now she moves. should right yeah for sure and then there was outtakes and they weren't they were like just literal outtakes like behind the scenes shots of scenes getting set up and stuff no bloopers no mistakes <laughs> that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for like Van Dam fumbling because it a gun was or shot something like perfectly. That. First take every I time. Guess so no laughter, no jokes. Or they're just like, just all... we only have enough for one take, so make it good. Yeah, that was very sad because I love, I love me some bloopers, and I was like, this movie's got to have so many of them. Well, they were probably um, all made by Van Dam, and he probably has a clause where you can't show any of that stuff ever. Right. Yeah, that's true. But some trivia. So you guys saw some. I'll, I'll point some out. If there was anything that jumped out to you, feel free to, to shout it out. But one of the things, so as we mentioned, Van Damme was notoriously hard to work with. Like he uh, he had a presidential hotel suite. This is all from IMDb, by the way, um, with a gym put into his room. But he would often refuse to come out of the hotel or his trailer until he, quote unquote, felt ready. And then when he did come out, he would bring alcohol to set, and as you guys mentioned, he was um, heavy on cocaine. <laughs> it would take hours to shoot his scenes, which when you look at it, his scenes are so, so short. There's so much cutting. It's not like he... Which, But there was a, a Raul Julia scene where there was this long shot where he has a monologue, and the camera's like following him around his lair, and then he like f- delivers his final line, and the camera like pans up, and you see his like big cheesy logo as like, the, the map the, or the whatever. The Bisonopolis. That's what he's yeah. talking about, Bisonopolis, yeah. Yeah, um, great long scene. No long scenes of Jean-Claude Van Damme. They're all so like short and quick, and so it's like, really? Like it took hours to shoot that. He's like, hold on, I didn't, I didn't flex my muscle enough. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't squeezing my ass hard enough. But um, it says by contrast, everyone loved Kylie Minogue, praising her for her professionalism and generosity, such as hiring a club and buying drinks for the entire cast and crew to make a tough shoot a little easier. Um, equal praise for Raul Julia, who was accompanied by his family because he was being he was terminally ill. Um, but it, they always thought he was focused and a joy to work with. So that's nice. That's yeah. nice, yeah. nice stuff going on. But Kylie Minogue, how much, she must not have been paid that much. Fucking, I can't remember how much it said that Van Damme was paid. A ridiculous like, of the budget, it's like a ridiculous chunk. Yeah, of that. yeah. They said most of it went to him. So I'm thinking probably like ten, fifteen million, something like that. And he's not hiring clubs. No. You know? What the well, fuck? Well, he's keeping some, like, cocaine dealers in business. I mean, $10,000 a week. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, Van Damme's fee uh, alone took $8 million of the $35 million yeah. budget. Jesus, yeah. And this is, this sounds like it's from, like, a, a true Hollywood movie or something. So Jean-Claude Van Damme himself revealed later that he was the one who said, like, I had a $10,000 a week cocaine habit. And I was having an affair with Kyle Minogue, still son of, son of a bitch. But the director, uh, Stephen D'Souza, said, like, you know, it's it caused constant disruptions on set to the point where the studio hired a wrangler for him. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember reading this. Yeah. But the wrangler was yeah. a bad influence. That's, again, that's, that reminded me so much of, like, these Hollywood movies that we see where it's like, 
you hire someone like I'm thinking of Boogie Nights in part right. um, where it's like the friend who's supposed to be like the one helping you and like keeping you straight and keeping you on track gets caught up in this world and is like, well, fuck, man, he's doing it like I'm going to you know what? I'll take a little little coping two thousand dollars a week. Um, but the director, Stephen D'Souza, deferred his salary. So as much as much shit as this movie gets, there's stories like that where it's like the director deferred his salary to pay for the cast like that's that's pretty cool but did you read that um the the whole boat scene was supposed to be a aerial attack with like planes yes but they wouldn't because they would need so many planes to like film it and the thailand just like no way like you can't do it so it became a boat scene instead well and it reminded me of i'm forgetting what movie it was but there was another movie where it was in a in the desert somewhere in the middle east and oh i think it was um warlord with nicholas cage i think i haven't seen it but i remember oh, lord, of, lord of war lord of war lord of war thank you yeah. yeah and they for this one scene where they're like they're arms dealers so they are selling all of these vehicles they got like dozens of vehicles like humvees and tanks and everything and i don't remember which country it was but they literally put up a, an, an alert internally saying we might be invaded here like this might have been a front this movie studio like oh we need to line up all these military vehicles and so they were like on guard and ready to defend against a fucking incident because and i think it was probably the same thing here they were like wait you want to have all of these military aircraft for this movie you know what i mean like so so yeah that they had this like very cheap looking quote-unquote stealth (laughs) stealth boat stealth in um, many quotes (laughs) yeah but uh, apparently Capcom always envisioned Jean-Claude Van Damme as Guile, and that's why he got the role. It says near, is $8 million. So he was paid $8 million. And then after that, Raul Julia was cast as Bison, and that was most of the budget. Uh, but Capcom, again, was the, the primary financier, and they were like, they wanted a December 1994 release date, which is what caused aggress- the aggressive film. So Capcom is kind of to blame in in large part for how this movie ended up which again i think charmingly excellent in its terribleness like it's not a good movie technically but again i was really surprised by how much yeah. i i liked this movie this time it's a super fun watch it's not like a great movie but it's i thought it was super fun yeah and it and it looks good too like yeah. mortal kombat like it didn't look good like when we right. when we watched it recently like it looks severely dated and it came out after this movie uh, Street Fighter still looks like pretty good because it's mostly practical effects. Um, did you guys? That was another bit of. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you Sorry. first. You first. Well, just in relation to what you just said about Mortal Kombat. Um, so Jean Claude Van Damme was cast as Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat, but he turned it down yeah. to play Guile in this movie. Oh. What do we think about that? Would we rather have had him? I kind of, I kind of wish he wasn't. He's like the worst part of this movie. Yeah, which is also well, yeah, because endearing in its own way. Johnny, <laughs> yeah. Johnny Cage is just like an action superstar Bad, based off of like him. yeah, it's just it's just being a, a shitty fucking actor. Yeah. Like yeah. so, yeah, he should have taken that movie because then they could have actually got someone good uh, yeah. and maybe made the movie a little bit better. It would still suffered a lot of the same problems. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but all the jokes and yeah, Mortal Kombat would have made a lot more sense if it was like an actual action star and yeah. not like yeah. a guy <laughs> playing that kind of. They movie. definitely wouldn't have killed him though in the second one. No, 
They, he would not allow yeah. that. Or they would. We would have thought they killed him, and then he would wake up in the morgue <laughs> tracking device room yeah. and been like, "You thought I was dead? Nice dress, lady." <laughs> so I'm looking on uh, Wikipedia right now, and it says, "So this movie came out in '95, right? '94, '94, yeah. So '94 by 2003." <laughs> Plans were being made for a sequel, sequel Street Fighter 2, rumored cast including Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren, and Holly Valance. Yeah. 2003. <laughs> ten yep, fucking, and it fell like apart. Almost 10 years later, they were going to do a fucking sequel to this movie. Yeah. Um, and a few people would have reprised their roles, like the guy who played Ken was supposed to come back, uh, and the guy who played Ryu so Ken and Ryu which that would have been fucking weird like still Griffin there's still again. Grifton <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they fight Kevin McAllister and <laughs> <laughs> um and then but they scrapped that in favor of Street Fighter the Legend of Chun-Li which came out in 2009 which we should probably watch in the future I remember watching it and really not liking it and if I remember correctly it's because it it tries to be a good movie whereas like we were talking about with this movie there are good elements of it and people were some people were really giving their all like Raul Julia but it wasn't trying to be a good movie a lot of it they knew it was silly um one of the few things that I saw when I watched the director's commentary was in the opening he makes a comment about like we weren't trying to pretend that we were anything other than a movie based on a video game like the opening credits the opening like opening of the movie was meant to remind you that you're watching a video, a movie based on a video game. So on the one hand, we found in cinema, cinema has learned to take, uh, you know, things outside of itself seriously, like comic book movies and video game movies, like they're learning. But at this point in time, they were like, it's a fucking video game movie. So like, that's how they handled it. And, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, it's very fun. It's very silly, um, but it's not technically a great movie. In 2010, it was ranked as number 27 on Empire's 50 Worst Movies Ever list. And I feel like that's kind of how it's talked about. It is like as a bad movie. But as long as you know going in what you're getting into, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was, I, I, okay. I enjoyed watching it again. Did you guys know yeah. that the, the video game, Street Fighter movie, The Game, was made by Incredible Technologies out of Chicago, the makers oh. of uh, Golden Tea? Oh, no. wow. Yeah. Is that why it was so great? Yeah. <laughs> now, if we want to criticize something legitimately, <laughs> it's that game. Although, that's one of the things they touched on in Conan. The actors actually did the motion yeah, capture. Yeah, they did all the... So well, like, no, it wasn't motion capture. Is, it, was, it was digitization, so... Yeah, yeah, it was several pictures, yeah, strung together. But I want to get that game now. Like, I want to get it and play it based now that I've seen the movie and I have a new appreciation for it, but... Um, any other trivia, any other tidbits, you guys, did we, did we miss anything? Any final things you want to throw up there? I fucking hate Van Damme. <laughs> did you guys, did you, have you guys shit your pants on the road? No. <laughs> I've, got, I've, I've, I've come, I've come close, but I haven't. Uh, yeah, I've definitely come close. Mine was because of, I was like, I had the flu though. It wasn't because I, oh. I wasn't shitting around people. I had the flu and I'm like, I'm racing to get home from work. <laughs> My you flew home. Flew home. <laughs> Why are you at work if you have the flu? I it, it literally came. Capitalism. It literally came out of nowhere. I was fine, and then oh, okay. all of a sudden, it's just like I just went south like super quick, uh, and I'm like, 
I got to go home. I'm not going to be able to make it today. And it came out of nowhere, and then it almost came out of yep. somewhere. And then I was shit and puking at the same time. That's a weird feeling. Oh, God. That sucks. Yeah. Why I am I talking that. about this? We need to end this podcast. <laughs> I The one time I can think of in recent memory, it was because I ate Panda Express on a road trip, <laughs> which <laughs> was a mistake. <laughs> I was like... I, I, I was worried about that when I went to Thailand. Like, I'm not really good with like a lot of foods and like, you know, a lot of it's like street food out there. I'm like, I'm probably going to get food poisoning or something. I'm like, I was like one of the few people that didn't get sick that entire fucking trip, which is great. Yeah. So go me, awesome. go my fucking iron, iron gut run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should end the, end the podcast, but thank you so much for listening. Everyone congrats to Jeff again for winning the copy of Hitman three. I will get with you, get your address, ship it out soon. Next week, we have another edition of Video Game 20 Questions, and I am fucking hyped. I love the game episodes. Uh, I've heard from some listeners, including Jacqueline, Paul's betrothed, yes. that uh, she loves the the game episodes as well. So we're going to try to pick some good ones. And are we doing one or two? We do one each, right, for that one? Yeah, we'll do one each because it's just it's a, it's a bit longer. We'll yeah. have a backup just in case, but I think one would be fine. Yeah, so we'll do three games um, next week, so listen to that. You can find us on social media. You can email us at prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com. If you have thoughts about Street Fighter, did you watch along? you have thoughts about Ming-Na Wen in the black uniform, Jean-Claude Van Damme's butt or biceps? No. The, the big bees? Anything, <laughs> anything you want to chat about. Um <laughs> You can find us on social media. I'm on Twitter at Losperman. Ron's on Twitter at Big Bad Ron, and on Instagram at Not Big Bad Ron. Handsome Boy Frank for the kitties, and I think that's about it. Am I forgetting anything? Uh, you know, you know, I what a, what a <laughs> lovely conversation we had today about Street Fighter. I want you, dear listeners, to close your eyes and imagine a version of Street Fighter where the script was amazing and everybody was played by Raul Julia. <laughs> And you would have something close to Thronebreaker by CD Projekt Red. Amazing performances. Amazing writing. (laughs) A great charismatic leader at the center of your story. What's there not to like? So check out Thronebreaker. And as our ongoing giveaway, um, submit some art. You know, this could be much like M. Bison's, you know, lovely portrait of himself or John Wayne Gacy in his office. Yes, make make a Pogo the Clown Thronebreaker. Yeah, yeah. Make Pogo the Pogo the Clown meets the Witcher universe. Make it happen. Make some fake currency. Yeah, make yeah yeah. Do it. That counts. Um, come up, type up a hilarious evil scheme for taking over the world involving disseminating copies of Thronebreaker. Right. right, (laughs) Let us know. We'll read it on air. It'll be great. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll send you a game code. I have to say, I love that you just, you literally just come out, you pull it out of your ass every single time. There's like, and this one was the, like, you all, uh, sometimes like Ron even asked the one episode, he's like, did you, do you write these ahead of time? Cause you, usually it's so seamless how you move from like the end of the conversation into this. This one was so 
This one was like right out of the Street Fighter movie. You were like, imagine Raul Julio as everyone and and it's all filmed and then Throne Raker. Like, where the... <laughs> I thought they made my case clear. But I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that was... It was the best. It was the best. It didn't... Yeah. The connection was, was tenuous at best, but it was... It Joey, was amazing, you thought so. you were doing a podcast with a madman, but instead you found a god. Uh. <laughs> You know, you know, guys, I want people to play Thronebreaker, not for evil, not for power, but for good. <laughs> Hold on. Listeners can't see the tears as I'm streaming down my face. They can't see my thumbs up either. <laughs> on that note thank you so much for listening everyone i love these movie things but i don't know what we're, which one we're going to do next maybe far cry or something but we'll do another one if you have any recommendations send us a, send us an email uh, but until next week thank you and we'll talk to you later bye bye, bye. bye.